Real Nerds is a proud partner of the Denver Podcast Network. In the shadow of the mountains, we, we speak. speak. Coming to you from the X Access, it's John of All Trades with your host, John X. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this John of All Trades podcast promo. Each Wednesday, I bring you a brand new interview with someone fascinating and ask the question we all ask when we meet someone new. Hey, what do you do? It's fun, informative, and it's the 2017 Westward Reader's Choice Award winner for Best Denver Podcast. iTunes, Stitcher, and johnofalltrades.us. Oh, hi, podcast listeners. There's many ways you can listen to the Real Nerds podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can also subscribe on Stitcher Radio. You want to send us a Twitter message? You can do that. It's so easy, at Real Nerds. Like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com, where there'll be a lot of articles for you to not only read, but to listen to our previous shows. You can also call us, 720-6Nerds5. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Jonathan Tiersten from The Perfect House and Sleepaway Camp, and you are listening to The Real Nerds Podcast. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast at Denver Comic-Con 2018 and beyond. I am Ryan, with me is James and Brad and Zach and special guest who's eating her dinner because she was working. Oh, I should have waited for her. Corinne. Hi. You're such a jerk, James. <laughs> Every week on Real Nerds Podcast, we go see a new movie and we podcast our experience of the world. This week, we went and saw... Black Panther. Stay tuned to the end of the episode where we will review the movie and spoil it. We'll play the trailer and then spoil it. We also talk about movies that are coming, uh, movie news, movies that we've been watching, and movies that are coming out on Blu-ray and 4K. Yeah. Maybe yeah. DVD. I mean, I, I did get, I did buy a DVD this year, and it's Porky Pig 101. I guess that's well, last year. Yeah. But um, I keep on. I can't like, remember what the last. It's not DVD fair because they're not going to release it on Blu-ray yet. Or, that, or I don't a think while. They, I don't think it ever will. Yeah. And they look great though. Like the shorts look pretty good. They remastered them. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know how great you can get black and white short cartoons from that were on reels previously. That haven't really seen the light of day for almost eighty years. <laughs> yeah. So they did a pretty good job. But then uh, we'll talk about a movie I saw, and um, maybe they can probably do it really well this week. Um, so yeah, that's what we're doing. We did get an email from Denver Comic Con. And I will not disclose what they said in it, but um, we're going to be busy. But they said, hi. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be busy. So hopefully. Um, are you officially the official podcast? Um, no. No, we're just. Well, no, we're, oh, so you know what? We are. You know what? Because sure. we're the only one that continuously goes. And we've I, never yelled, been yelled at. So and we've be. never been yelled at. And we're the only ones that they asked to do panels. So, yeah, we're the officially uh, the, <laughs> the, we're the official podcast. Um, have, have you been? You've been gone. 
Uh, yeah, for one week I've been good. Yeah, good. <laughs> um, unfortunately, uh, my job. If you guys keep doing it on days I have my job, sometimes I get stuck and uh, it sucks. I know. And I wish that um, I didn't. <laughs> I agree. Uh, you know that uh, the what happened the last? I forget what I was doing the last time, but I was like, oh, nope. I think I got to call it four fifty-five. I think you hadn't seen it yet because it was Cloverfield. Yeah, that's right. Week. I hadn't. Ha- I didn't have a chance to see it, and then I got stuck at work till six thirty. Yeah. Then I'd have to watch totally it. Totally fair, and good for you. Yes. <laughs> oh, then I watch it. I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> and my uh, my friend from Denmark was in town, so I didn't really oh, have cool. time to watch it. I don't. I don't think he was interested to watch Cloverfield Paradox. So yeah. Fair. So James. You remember when I was on here a couple months ago and you were no. asking me how I kept Ryan's corruption charges out of the newspaper? Oh, yes. So I can tell you today, one of my sources on the street Ooh. was telling me that Ryan has been accused of helping an old lady with her cell phone. I do. <laughs> I, there, there is a... There is a uh, you, is that you, against you, the you, law? You did go up there. Yeah. Uh, actually, uh, Corinne stopped by my place of employment and... First time I saw her, like on the on the in the field, uh, but she was up at uh, dispatch, and we have a thing called Safe Call, and it's a program they set up for uh, elderly people who don't have family or something, and they call in every day. Sure. And there's this nice lady who lives in town, and she like, does just to make sure they didn't fall or die. Yeah. And um, we have there's this nice lady in town, and she always turns off her iPhone on accident, or she doesn't know how to work it. Aww. So I go there at least once every couple months and fix it for her. Aww. I turn it on. This is like the You're beginnings so of a really sweet. cool indie film. Yes. Where Ryan has to learn about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's like Harold and Maude Part 2. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. It'll, no, it'll, it'll be The Lady like, in the Bus, except The Lady in the Phone. <laughs> it'll be like a, a, a Coen Brothers, you know, crime drama where that lady, somebody will like be doing a drug deal and she'll get perturbed by it and then accidentally murdered. And then Ryan will be like, why does no one care about this old dead lady? And then he'll have to solve the murder. And stop a bad guy. The and then lady, be like, how come you guys sell drugs? That's bad. The Lady Killers too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, it, I'm getting complacent when I go see her. Um, she is 89 years old. And so I get really compl- – I'm getting complacent now, and I'm really scared if the next time – one time I go. And, um, and yep, she's, she, yeah, she's, she's, she's not going to be able – there's a reason why she didn't call this time, not just because of her phone. And it's because she's on the lam. Yeah. Again, it's going to be like one of those inspirational speeches. Like, one day I'm going to wake up, yeah. you're, you're going to wake a, up, and oh, I won't call. She's a super yeah. nice lady, and she runs a restaurant in town. And when you go in there, it looks like Grandma's Kitchen. Mm-hmm. And she's always making pies. I've never eaten there, but maybe one day I'll go in for a slice of pie. I need to go. There you go. She's a nice lady. Mm-hmm. Just don't do the Goodwill hunting speech and be like, you know what the best part of my month is? Every day I'm walking up to your house, and just for a second I think you're not going to be here. <laughs> Yes. That's terrible. That is terrible. She's That's a really awful. nice lady. <laughs> yeah. Zach started it. Yeah, well, I didn't take it to the dark realm you wanted to. <laughs> I know, but it I needed wanted, to go. I wanted it to be delightful. <laughs> delightful. There's an image of him and the old lady running across the poster. <laughs> so, Brad, how are you doing? <laughs> Thank you, Corinne. Like, I don't know where these guys are going with this shit. That was just a segue. You didn't really want to know what I'm up to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, kind of. How have you been, Corinne? It's been a while. Yeah, what have you been up to? Busy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Writing screenplays. On the, on the beat. Yeah. Yeah, writing screenplays, um, which we'll, we'll may, maybe we'll have to chat next time I'm on. Yeah. Because I'm really hoping to see Red Sparrow because going to the movies so much, I keep seeing the same trailers over and over. And at first I saw Red Sparrow and I'm like, eh, it doesn't really look my thing. But now I'm like, 
okay, this kind of looks cool. I yeah, you see should um, log on, to, uh, go to uh, Flickster, uh, Rotten Tomatoes, and they have like some critics' reviews of it now. And they're saying it's really good, and then audiences are going to hate it because it's slow. But they say it's good. I want to see it. So you're seeing a lot of movies now with your movie pass? I am. Is it working out well? Yeah. Haven't had any problems with it. And I know you when you guys were talking last week or the week before about how Black Panther would have been uh, closed out and I wouldn't have been able to see it with my movie pass, but I could have. Oh, cool. I, just not in the IMAX or 3D. Oh, okay. Huh. So just a regular 2D screening, yeah, I could have used it. But wow. I sprang for the IMAX because I'm like, I haven't seen an IMAX movie since I've been here. Yeah, nice. And yeah. I sat way too close it. to the screen. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a danger with IMAX. What IMAX did you go per- to? Uh, the one at Mills. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. Which, it wasn't 3D. It was like IMAX, RPX, Oh, half something. IMAX. Yeah. <laughs> the only true yeah. IMAX technically is the... Colorado Center one yeah. it has the right dimensions but, the, but also they, the, the, that one too also hardly ever puts it on the full screen yeah yeah. the last time I saw one that took up the whole screen was the Dark Knight Rises mm-hmm. oh yeah no maybe uh, I didn't see Interstellar there I, I guess I if, saw, it's, I if saw it's, saw it's a Christopher Nolan movie then yes you'll see it yeah. in IMAX yeah. yeah yeah cool well great yeah. we like seeing movies at the Alamo Draft House here are some of the special occurrences at the Alamo Draft House this week Hello. Hi, I'm Kevin Smith. Hi, I'm Leonard Maltin. Hi, I'm Mark Hamill. Hi, I'm Elijah Wood. This is Seth Rogen. I'm Christopher Mintz-Bloss. I'm Ron Star. Welcome to the Alamo Draft Uh On Tuesday, Magical Girl... Magical Ligura Girl! Ligurella Nanaha Reflection, subtitled, is at 740 at Sloan's Lake. You can also see Beats, Rhymes, and Life, the tri- travels of a tribe called Wet Quest. Um, Video Vortex presents tammy and the t-rex oh man those are all at sloan's lake um on wednesday in the Littleton location they are showing Shaun of the dead beer dinner with epic brewing company cool Ooh. they're also showing tammy and the t-rex <laughs> um it's a double feature at sloan's lake they are showing uh blade brought to you by rocky mountain college of art and design um 50 shades freed is with comedy 103.1 so i guess they're gonna make fun of it uh, see, i think that's actually the one where you're allowed to laugh your ass off in well, I'm going to laugh anyways. I don't, uh, I, don't, I don't care if I'm told I can't. Um, <laughs> Steve comes up to you. See, Ryan, you got to leave. Uh, Phil Ge- Film Geeks Assemble presents Black Panther with Pop Culture Classroom, so you'll be supporting Denver Comic-Con. And that's Thursday, February 15th. Uh, that was two days ago. Oh, wait. I am looking up the wrong <laughs> one. Hey, let's, go, let's go to next week. Um, <laughs> Hostels and I, Tanya are coming back. And oh, cool. uh, you can see the Phantom Thread there as well. So if you want to fall asleep in a movie, go ahead. <laughs> It's not bad. <laughs> and that's what's playing at the Alamo Draft House. <laughs> He's, you're right. It's not bad to fall asleep in a theater. Shut up. <laughs> we call that pulling a Brad. What? <laughs> oh, wait. That's true. <laughs> I was just going to say, before we move on to the next segment, I've got something to tease. Ooh. So, we'll have to open this toward the end of the show, but I'm giving it to Ryan for safekeeping. It's an envelope. This is like gotcha. Chekhov's gun. Yep. Check and she even, si- she even marked it. Oh, so so as so as it could not the seal could not be broken and and put back. Yes. Yep. Oh man. All right. All right. So you know it's legit. It is legit. It's just a test to see how well I know you Ryan. guys, or oh. how well I think I know you guys. Ooh, interesting. End of the show. Oh, I thought it was going to be a Karnak segment. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see. Um, <laughs> people who watch movies. Um, James's mother, and um, 
guest stars. <laughs> what is this week on Real Nerds Podcast? <laughs> <laughs> James's mom is going to be on? <laughs> That'd be awesome. We should try to get her on one day. I've, I've asked. That wasn't I've necessarily asked. hilarious, but I just loved Ryan doing Johnny Carson. Yeah. Something I mean, hold dear for the rest you know what? Of the Ryan, Carson was Peter Griffin that, doing Johnny Carson. That wasn't <laughs> necessarily hilarious. Zach's yes. right. It wasn't yes. necessarily Well, hilarious. I mean, and also, I mean, how many people who listen know who Johnny Carson is? How long has he been dead for? Uh, I don't know. 15 years? Yeah. yeah. Not long enough. <laughs> but he also hasn't had a show in, what, 20-something uh, years? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, yep. Uh, He's doing fine. This James's is called- mom, come on the show. Yeah. It would right? be awesome. I it would be awesome. We'd have to watch our mouths, though. That'd be really hard. Yeah, for, yeah. for James. What are you looking for, buddy? <laughs> I don't think she gives a fuck. Oh. No, she doesn't. She doesn't. Uh, She's she is excited to hear me and James's review for the new Fifty Shades movie. Yeah. She said the last one was really funny. Yeah, I'm so. excited. <laughs> hopefully next week. Hopefully we'll see. It's not a movie too. I'm like rushing out to see, but no. Well, we didn't watch. La- we didn't rush last time either. No, uh-uh. you know. Um, yeah, buddy. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, let's unspool some real news. Oh no. Oh. What do we do? Why don't, how, Brad can take us around town. Yeah, Brad, take us around town. Take Kellen around the bathroom. And your low-powered scooter. Uncool Fix Avenue. Stopping at the Landmark Theater to see what's playing new. Hey, film buddies. Follow me around Denver. That's pretty good. It rhymed. It had a beat. I could dance to it. I'm just waiting for a blank space so I can cut it. Space. It's in between these two ears. Fair. Oh. <laughs> uh, this week, Esquire Midnights is The Room on the 23rd and Rocky Horror Picture Show on the 24th. So. Four. What? Uh, never mind. And then uh, March 2nd and 3rd, uh, the following week, is The Neverending Story. So. Which we discussed last week that James has never seen. Are we doing the same episode again, but this time Ryan's here? <laughs> it's Groundhog Day, guys. Sounds like it. <laughs> ah! No, la- last week I said Mind Game and then The Room and Rocky Horror. So I'm, I'm just. I'm oh, okay. Because gotcha. the. Yeah, because they, the like, they do like the month in advance. Yeah. You know, okay. We're not timely about getting the episode out as much. So <laughs> I just want to yeah, cover no, my totally bases. fair. Totally fair. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's really it for around town. So. Okay, cool. Sweet. Well, then let's do news. It's real news. So I am really sad that you guys didn't talk about how D and D are going to be producing or writing a Star Wars movie. Dungeons and Dragons. No, uh, the guys from Game of Thrones. We did. Uh, oh, not really. I mean, I mentioned it. Uh, it's one of those things where, like that, that news to me was felt very much like a hey shareholders things are going to be great kind of announcement and and also like and maybe it works comes out. on the heels of yeah like when that thing happens we'll okay and also um, it was huddled in with the solo stuff yeah too, so um which was more interesting in a way and i don't know yeah that whole week felt a lot like disney just trying to make sure everybody felt okay about star wars yeah and you know it was just again when when we start seeing stuff then then i'll i'll be more excited also but, i don't like Game of Thrones. I want to try try it again. It started off good, and then it went downhill. Oh, once I actually I think they ran out of book material. See, I'm actually the other way. I watched some of it this week, uh, and was like, kind of getting into it. I don't know. Brooks is somewhere in season three or four. 
Um, and I fell off at the end of season two or mid season three. Um, I like Game of Thrones. Yeah, but so I I have an I, an obvious bias against it where I'm like, yeah, that doesn't excite me. Uh, if you said Ryan Cooler was making a Star Wars movie, I'd be like, <laughs> hell yeah! Um, that would be awesome. But, uh, yeah. With Lando Calrissian. Are you excited about said, uh, like, Star Wars movie where people just keep no. dying and characters don't get developed? Nope. Okay, yeah, me either. I'm not excited for Solo. Yeah. I, I think that trailer is great. Uh, I, I, that trailer kind of won me over, so I'm I'm hoping that this one is good. See, um, but that's what I said but, about Rogue One, and then it kind of disappointed me. Yeah. Like it wasn't a horrible movie, but it's like, did it uh, need to exist? I, no, uh, it really didn't. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I was the one who was saying like, oh man, this is the movie I always wanted. I was like, this is gonna be the best Star Wars movie ever, and then it kind of wasn't. I've watched it again since. It's just you know, the ones that have a real hard, the the, the Star Wars movies so far that have a very rocky production, which is one of them, <laughs> weren't as great, and the ones that had real solid productions. And nobody talked anything bad about. We're great, Until which is two of them. So it, this is this is which? scientific data I have here <laughs> that you can absolutely draw conclusions from. Well, I was gonna say that I saw that the Last Jedi: How It Should Have Ended video came out this week. Oh, great! You know, on YouTube, yeah. and I did not realize. I knew that there were people who did not like the movie and hated it and everything, but like the whole comment section was just filled with people who hated the movie yeah. and thought that the how it should have ended video should be canon now and it's like everyone i know except for maybe one or two people who saw the movie really liked it yeah internet trolls sexist and racist that's who they are I, uh, uh, they're they're all yeah. just wrong they need to uh let people tell the story they want to tell yeah, yeah. I understand people who think it has, like, pacing issues or, like, any of that. I don't ever hear those arguments. I mean, like, like I hear them every now and then, but the big arguments are all incredibly stupid. I'm sure that how, how it should have ended was uh, Rose should have died, all the women should have just had babies and stayed in the kitchen, no. and... <laughs> I mean, there were some good parts to it, but... Yeah. Yeah, they were um, harping on, like, the fan theories. Sure. Everyone needs to go watch uh, the Film Joy video that he just did about how we watch Star Wars, where he talks about the fact that all of the ones that are highly criticized when they come out are all the best ones, and all the ones that are really loved when they come out are all the fucking worst. Um, so, so what does that make? Fan- it means Last Jedi is great. What does that make Phantom Menace? So then Menace, that means then? that the original Star Wars Phantom Menace is, is a bad film that was really, really well reviewed at the time it came out. Was it though? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. there were critics who compared oh, it yeah. to the the Velociraptor kitchen scene. Really? I yeah. I, just go watch. Be... I'll just send it to you, I'm, and you'll. I'm, I'm, you just... not, I'm not denying that. I just yeah. Um, so then that means that the original Star Wars movie is bad. It was not very well reviewed. Oh. Yep. Oh, but it was beloved. So so Star Wars: A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back not well received, mostly because they pushed boundaries and and tried different Wait. things and were different. The safest film, Return of the Jedi, was loved at the time it came out. And then as we all look back at it, people are like, I mean, I still love Return of the Jedi. Oh, yeah. But people criticize it for, like, the Ewoks and some of that stuff. And you can see the beginning of the turn and some of that, you know. Yeah, well, yeah. those people can fuck off. And I wasn't Agreed. a big fan of Return of the Jedi until I watched it with Hayden Christensen as a <laughs> force ghost. Because then it made more sense. I was like, yeah, who's this old guy? Once they, once they got the, the uh, ghost correct. Yeah, yeah exactly. It always, it, it always bothered me because I'm like, if I'm a ghost, I don't want to be old. Yeah. Ew. Also, you got to get rid of the Nub Nub song. Like at nub Nub. Yeah, what a dumb song. Nub yeah, Nub. Yeah. Be careful got, what you're wearing nub, when you nub. die, because that'll be your ghost outfit forever. <laughs> Seriously. But it's a very memorable song. Oh, I'm going to make sure it's a rhino costume. Don't ask why. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so what's the news, James? There's not a whole lot. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger is going to be in Kung Fury. So um, is Brad. Didn't we talk about Fassbender. that last week? No, we just talked about uh, Michael <laughs> Fassbender being in it. Love it. Uh, it's it, gonna it's gonna be like the new. Expendables. I want to see them put like eighty million dollars behind it and just make it like <laughs> super high budget and like out of control. I don't know, they, could, they could barely finish the first one. I don't know how <laughs> they expect to make this. Didn't they not? Wasn't it like fifty minutes? Wasn't yeah, it short? It's, yeah. like, it's the same guys making it. Yeah. Well, now they have someone who tell them what to do. <laughs> yeah. Finish the shot. I mean, yeah. they had to have a Kickstarter to finish the first one where they claimed they were going to make a feature film. They got to 15 minutes, called it quits. Like, well, if, no if you have like studios them. behind them, though, they'll freaking Kathleen Kennedy them if they don't. Why didn't they yeah. studios get behind the first one? Because, because it's Kung unproven. Fury. Yeah. yeah. And even in this case, like, you know, they got all that. Arnold Schwarzenegger post-divorce money. Yeah. You know, they'll be fine. <laughs> I don't think Maria Shriver needs his money. <laughs> you know what? If I were her, I'd take it anyway. Oh, fuck yeah, I would. I'm just saying. Why did I get another return check? <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah. Now I have a, another multicultured son. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Watch my new movie, Maggie. <laughs> well, that uh, was a couple years ago. J.J. Um, Abrams hired uh, the guy who did art direction for Blade Runner 2049 for the new Star Wars movie. Nice. Uh, also in an interview, he said that all of the criticism of The Last Jedi is going to have absolutely no impact on the way he sees Nine. Good. Which is yeah. great. Um, Good. Tell a story you want to tell. Yeah. It's almost as if he's really good at this job. It's almost like they knew what the fuck they were doing from the beginning, and you all should just shut up and wait. Anyway, so it's going to be great. you've done, Internet? You've made James angry. Yeah, it happens all the time. Speaking of making James angry... Here's a trailer for Overboard the movie. No, I'm just kidding. We're not gonna play that shit. It's bad, uh, but I, I, it it looks harmless. It not no. really. <laughs> you know what? You know what? There's a there's a critical thing missing here. Okay. If, Kurt Russell. That's true. But well, no, no. Goldie if, Hawn. <laughs> if if the guy, if the rich guy, were played by Chris Pratt while they were still married, this would work. Mm-hmm. Because part of why the original Overboard is so good is that you actually do get some great chemistry from those two right. and you really root for them. And I watch this trailer and I go, she's got to fall in love with this guy. Like he, uh, nothing in ne- at no point in the trailer is there like a really great scene where he like is suddenly really loving and wonderful. Mm-hmm. Like just cause the daughter says like, he dad taught me to ride a bike. Fuck off. Like that's not, <laughs> that's not like, you know, Oh, what a sweet guy. No, nothing I- about this trailer looks Correct. I, just after watching it, though, I was like, you know what? Let him. I, am I going to stop him? No. <laughs> like, let, let him. Oh, you know? no. Like, like, you have enough cars, pal. It, it, it'll um, just be another lesson of what not to do, because it'll bomb. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I don't know why you would do this. Also, I was telling Ryan before this, you know, that's a movie that we forgive the fact that it's totally about the fact that Russell, the, or that Kurt Russell kidnaps and essentially rapes a woman for, like, two months. Um, does he have sex with her? I don't remember. I, yeah, think, I think so, yeah. Does. I mean, you know, sure. Wait, so Room's a remake of um, Overboard? <laughs> yeah, this is a remake of Overboard. Um, but, you know, in this case, it's reversed, where Anna Ferris is the Kurt Russell character. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now it's okay? I think it's still creepy. Don't kidnap people. I, I let, I'd let Anna Ferris rape me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. I think we have the new Comic Con T-shirt. <laughs> I think they're just making it because it's a one of those properties where the the contract, the license is running out, and they have to make a new one just to keep it. But what what IP? On, yeah, on the IP, just the overboard property. That fat overboard money. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, hey guys, we're about to lose the rights to overboard. Uh, 
fast track this. Uh, somebody, somebody throw $80 million at this real quick. I'm so excited to get <laughs> my overboard action figures. It does happen Collectible now, you're right. posters <laughs> and bed sheets. Yeah. You don't need another I, I need the, the little miniature toys from the McDonald's Happy Meal. Play with your new cards. <laughs> <laughs> I, want my, I want a Happy Meal toy of Anna Ferris from overboard. No executive wants to get caught with their pants down, like losing licenses to things that... As <laughs> obscure as it may seem, it, it might be profitable in the future. Mm-hmm. True. All of a sudden, you got to protect yourself. Yep. Knocking people out and convincing them to your wife is going to be real popular in about 50 years, and we didn't expect it. Um, yeah, I mean, that's most of the news. Uh, we also, oh, we got a trailer for Incredibles 2, which I haven't watched yet. But I bet it's great. It's cute. It's fun. Mm. They don't really do much story. It's like, oh, remember these guys who have superpowers? Yeah. It They're sounds back. like the mom is going to be kind of doing the dad thing from the first movie where she's like going off and doing her own mission cool and then the dad is at home taking care of the kids and he has to learn that sometimes being a hero is being a good dad yeah yes that is a good lesson cool buy all my buy all, take all my money you know? it'll be fine i'm sure yeah. it'll be great i know that everybody or it'll be a cash grab on the internet would hate me for saying this but i'm not a huge fan of the incredibles like it's a great movie but i'm not like all up in its business. It is one of the I few. I didn't need a sequel to it. It is one of the few Pixar movies I actually don't own, uh, and not because it's not good. I just I don't know. Never got I don't it. own any Pixar movies, so oh, you got should. me beat. At the very least, they're some of the best made Blu-rays. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Those, I, those I, menus. I just watched four uh, the four K Cars three. Oh my god! I could navigate those menus all day. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> That's just true. Just you gotta, you don't know, man. You gotta look at them. Do you remember when Disney put out DVDs and they used to come with a huge fold-out poster of like navigating the menus because they were so oh, complicated? Right. Yeah. Man, the first one I saw that on was Pirates, I think. Uh, yeah, one of the Pirates or uh, Beauty was it a and the Beast? Map? I can't remember. Please tell me it was a treasure map. No, it was a booklet, but it was like in the center. It yeah. kind of looked like a treasure map. I guess. Yeah, it did yeah, have it like scrolly, it was like thematically a come treasure on, map. Come on, Disney! You've got like eight hundred billion dollars. You can't make a fucking treasure map for Pirates of the Caribbean oh, DVD. Oh, I'm sure they made plenty of. I, them. I did sign up for the Disney Movie Club. I was like, man, I don't know if I should do this. But then they, I was looking online, and the Three Caballeros and uh, Saludos Amigos was like an exclusive Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, fuck it, I'll sign up. And so I got four movies for a dollar, like Disney members exclusive Return to Oz and Cool Runnings. Um, and so I have that exclusive coming. Cool. And all I have to do is buy five movies over two years mm-hmm. and make sure you say no to their featured title if you don't want it. Like this this month, it's Coco. Oh, because it's kind of like... Uh, it's like the Columbia House stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they're just going to send you movies if yeah. you, unless you say no. And I figured I'd buy Disney movies anyways, and Amazon doesn't take pre-orders on Disney stuff anymore, because hmm. they've been fighting for, like, two years. Yeah. So I was like, all right. It's not a bad idea. And most of the titles are only 20 bucks anyways. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm going to sign up for it and refer you so you can get some free shit. <laughs> That's a good way for me to just, like, force myself to buy movies I don't need. Yeah. I need to yeah. do that more often. Yeah. I, I would mainly do it for either two things, like either the animated collection, like the, the classics. Oh, yeah. So what I did, too, is I upgraded my Snow White and Bambi, because... Those were 25 cents, mm-hmm. so I did it in my initial four, because they released the signature editions, which I think the packaging slicker, mm-hmm. and uh, then they have like the Walt interviews in them. Which, yeah, the, the, the commentary. Yeah, <laughs> which it's only usually like six or seven minutes long. But it's, it's still a good interview. I just, yeah. When they were selling it, because I got the signature one when it came out, mm-hmm. I was like, they're selling like a audio commentary about Walt Disney, like, oh, cool, maybe like the William Peter Blatty for Exorcist yeah. 3. No. <laughs> yeah, it, so like... I. 
I was sold because I did get the Pinocchio one because I knew I was going to because I love Pinocchio. Right. And and I was like, all right, you know, it, Pinocchio in his own words is like I think eight minutes, mm-hmm. and it's just kind of cool hearing Walt talk about it. And I think what I'll do is get all three Captain America movies and uh, Salud to some and three Caballeros. Because I think that that's the only way I'm going to build a Marvel, an MCU collection. Yeah, you can do it cheap. I, I think they have some like 300 titles you can choose from. Nice. This is awesome. Yep. Except for Song of the South. We can't I'm, get that one right. No. Right. Well, that might be an exclusive someday. Well, I'm just going to get it for a gift for the president. <laughs> you know, actually, all I want for them with the Song of the South is I want them to take all the cartoon shorts out of it and put it on a, a disc. Yeah, that oh, would like work. The Briar Rabbit, the, yeah, the yeah. Briar Rabbit and stuff, because I don't care I mean, I care about the Uncle Remus stuff, but I would rather just have the cartoons. Yeah, it's a it's a you weird... care about it in a historical way, yeah. not yeah. in a. Yeah. It's a weird weeble wobble area because his performance is good. Mm-hmm. It's just that it is extremely dated and offensive. Yeah, but yeah. He, he was good, and he won an honorary Oscar for it. Um, James Basket did. Is that a tire, buddy? Anyway, cool. Was there, was there any other news? No, unless there was something that you guys think I missed. But uh, the, Sony's apparently having second thoughts about Quentin's movie, which. Oh, really? Based on everything I heard, it sounds like they have the right to be concerned. Yeah. Because <laughs> Roman Polanski's a character in the movie. Sure. And Which, he, he's a character in the story. Yeah, and we dug... they Someone on the internet dug up an interview after the whole Uma thing. They dug up an interview where he was, like... He had Polanski or Tarantino? The, Polan, uh, Tarantino talking about Polanski on Howard mm. Stern and the whole... Uh, it's I don't even want to think about it, but it's it's it doesn't make him sound good. And he had to issue an apology to Polanski's victim. Um, on to Polanski? Oh, 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 gotcha. Yeah, so. Oh, great. Long story short, I think that we need to... Re- yeah, people should, like, watch what they say. I think, honestly, also, the another nice. reason they're reconsidering it is that it's a $100 million budget for a movie that may or may not make a ton of money. It's not like a Django or an Inglorious Bastards where there's this kind of built-in genre. Yeah. Like, this sounds like a much more... If you're into Hollywood movie, here's a movie for you. Um, but I still want to see it. Yeah, I see it. That's the thing. I hope that it ends with uh, Roman Polanski doing the sad uh, Charlie Brown walk and that music, and he's like, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, this is the movies we've been watching this week. Thank you, Ryan. <laughs> that was so, <laughs> such a weird... So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Corinne, what'd you watch this week? Um, some movies. Um, I used my movie pass twice. The first time I went and saw Thor Ragnarok again. Nice. Cool. Nice. Love Thor Ragnarok. Um, I was kind of sitting there for the first like third of the movie, just waiting for them to get to Sakar because I love it when they're on Sakar. <laughs> yeah. But that first third, when they're looking for Odin, and then Hela pops up, and <laughs> I'm still not a huge fan of her. I, I'm Kate Blanchett does fine, but. She's just so one-dimensional to me and so hammy, and I'm just not on board with that. I liked the Grandmaster a lot better as a villain because he has, like, charisma. He has, like, his own style and personality. Sure. And I feel like Hela is just too much like every other villain ever. So. It's, it's weird because I feel like she's not. I like her a lot. I think she is, but, like, Kate Blanchett's purposely hamming it up to give it something more. Yeah. yeah. And she's got that helmet. Yeah, that is cool. Her, I do love like, that Her design. style is really cool, and I do like the final battle scene when she just you know is throwing the swords and fighting the the giant flame guy, whatever his name was. 
Uh, surfer. 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 Something. Yeah. That Serta. guy. Serta. Yeah, Serta sounds right. He's a big fire demon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he is. He gets bigger. Which, um, fun fact, I found out, because I, I kept hearing him during that first scene when, you know, Thor's chained up. And I was like, why does that voice sound familiar? He voices Lex Luthor in the DC animated series. Hmm. Oh, nice. He's also been on huh. the uh, live action The Flash a couple of times. Oh, cool. He nice. plays General Eileen. Yeah, if you can get in on, as a good voice over actor, you're set. I found out, so my little guy loves Blaze and the Monster Machines. And I'm like, and you, know, you, like you hear the voice. That's the and car thing, right? Yeah, it's a monster truck. Oh, I'm like, okay. oh, he sounds really familiar. And I'm like trying to pick, think it. And then I, because his voice is just a little different. And then I like closed my eyes and he said something like, we got to jump over to that raft. I'm like, oh, my God, that's Nathan Drake. And it is. It's freaking Nolan North. <laughs> oh, that's like, awesome. Oh. So now I like placing the, the monster trucks more now because uh, it's, you know, Nathan Drake. Yeah. <laughs> nice. That's cool. So, And I love Valkyrie's character. I think she's oh, awesome. Yeah, I'm awesome. so excited to see her come back in Infinity Wars. Mm-hmm. Me, and, uh, me and Brad always laugh when we think about uh, when the Hulk's like, you ain't seen nothing yet. And he jumps out of the, the airplane and just kills himself. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Man. Uh, yep. Yeah. Seriously, that how did he perfect. not die from that? Well, because he's the Hulk. The Hulk. There yeah. is a deleted he's a transformation in the Incredible Hulk, or is it Captain America? There's a deleted scene with the Hulk in one of the Marvel Universe uh, Blu-rays with Edward Norton. So it had to be in between um, one of them. Yeah. He shoots himself in the head, and he turns into the Hulk. Yeah. That's what he says in. Uh, and he the says first it in Avengers. Avengers yeah. yeah. So what? I, when it took place sometime in there, I forget what Blu-ray it's on. Yeah. So, yes, Edward Norton has been in two Marvel movies. Technically. Yep. Yep. Yeah. What so, else cool. have you watched, Corinne? Uh, I also went and saw The Post again. Nice. Ooh. Also really good movie. Um, I love Meryl Streep's performance, and she gets so excited over being a journalist, I think, even though she's, like, a publisher and, like, that's not really her thing, but she's like, I love the newspaper, and then she's, like, eavesdropping on things, like when the one guy comes over to tell the – New York Times dude like oh you know there's been an injunction or whatever against us and she's like oh yes let me go get the bill (laughs) (laughs) and then she's like I need to use the phone it was uh, it was great I I like to call it how Kay Graham got her news back (laughs) (laughs) yes <laughs> you like you don't joke, even know what we're laughing at. <laughs> uh, Brad, be more supportive to my son. You don't have Man. to be an asshole about everything. The, the poster's Meryl Streep. Good job, buddy. It's, if you think move. it's funny, it's okay. That would have been great, actually. Tom Hanks is like back, to, to her back going like, no. <laughs> <laughs> News is serious. What great else? Movie. Yeah, we love that movie. Cool. Um, it's one of my favorites. I also rewatched for the first time in probably like 10 or 15 years, The Land Before Time. Kellen was watching that two nights ago. Yep. Awesome. It's on Netflix. And I did not realize that it's like a Lucas Spielberg mm-hmm. production. Like yeah. they're executive producers. And Kathleen Kennedy was mm-hmm. on it. I forget. Look it up. What credit was she? She was like a producer or something. She's probably a producer or yeah. an exec producer. But it, I was like, oh my gosh, it goes all the way back to the land before time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I cried so much. Really? I, I, I watched it with my kid this week. I was like, meh. <laughs> it's an okay movie. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those I have not returned to in a long time and am afraid to just because I'm like, 
it it's like like we talked about last week with Flight of the Navigator. I'm like, ah, I loved it so much as a kid. I'm terrified that if I I watch it now, I'd be it's like, it's really dark. Yeah, oh, it's, it's totally. It's like, well, I heard yeah. they had to cut a lot of it out to get it a G rating. Yeah, no, it, it is really dark. Families getting separated, parents dying, like all these earthquakes, natural disasters. Kids are starving for half the movie. Why did this get... Oh, my gosh. It's crazy. Four years ago, Brad and I went to um, the midnight of it at the Esquire. And it was like... And I was like, oh, my God. This is so beautifully shot. Or beautifully animated. And then, like, when we got done, though, I was just like, wow, that was more boring than I remember. <laughs> like, not, it's not in a bad way. It was just like... But for a midnight movie, I was just like, wow. Like, I, it's not that exciting. It's, it's, yeah. it's actually very contemplative. And ugh. Can we watch American Tale? <laughs> <laughs> It's very, it's very short too. I mean, it's a little over an hour. Yeah, I think. it's really yeah, it's short. Like Seventy minutes, isn't it? Something. An hour and nine minutes. Jesus. <laughs> so, so with credits, bad. it's an hour and five minutes. <laughs> Any word, cool. Kathleen Kennedy? She was a. Whoa. Nothing. User reviews. Anyway, Sorry. so the Brad's other... horrible looking up stuff. Was he watching porn over there? No, I was. Uh, <laughs> I looked it up. She was the co-producer with her husband, but uh-huh. um, um, no. There's like this user review that just says a great story, which has been bastardized with point dot dot dot, and I'm trying to like find out the rest of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was trying to because I remember watching some of the sequels as a kid. Oh, bastardized with pointless sequels. Yeah. Oh uh, well, that's true. There is seven of them. I as at Best oh, I Buy. Oh, there are way more than that. Or maybe there is more. I, they have like a whole collection on DVD. Damn. I feel like the third one was pretty decent, but we I haven't <laughs> seen any of them in a really long time. We should petition for the 4K collection to come out on Warner. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm good. Uh, so the only other thing I watched this week was a Netflix, uh, another Netflix movie called The Good Catholic, and. Okay. Oh. Uh, have any of you seen it? No, no but it's on my it's on my watch list. Okay, um, it started off really well, and then it went downhill fast. And by the end, I was very confused as to like, so wait, what is this trying to say? Hmm. What's it about? Um, so it's about a priest who um, he's hearing late night confessions, and this lady comes in, and she's like, "Oh, I'm dying. I'm not really here to confess anything. I just wanted to talk, and you know." Not, you know, just kind of get it off her chest, I guess. Yeah. And so she kind of keeps coming back, and she and the priest kind of start this weird friendship. It's so bizarre. Is it kind of like, uh, I was about to say the wild thornberries. Uh, what's <laughs> what? the. Shoot. Um. <laughs> the thorn birds? The thorn is it kind of like the thorn birds? I don't Does know. she fall I've in love with her, with, never seen with that. her priest when she's like four? What? Dude, dude, it's a thing. <laughs> She's I, an adult. I ain't making none of this up. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. No, it was just very confusing. Um, Danny Glover's in it. He plays like the older, wise priest. And the guy who plays Dr. Cox in Scrubs is like nice. the weird, like wacky priest who deep down really gives <laughs> a lot. <laughs> he like hears so much about his job and like... Like just the unconventional. And so kind. when so when uh, the dude from Scrubs is in the background, like juggling or something, uh, Danny Glover's like three days till retirement. 
because he has to put up with his wild antics. <laughs> Lethal weapon, anybody? Yeah. Hello. Hello. I'm, I'm love, going way love, back on my references today. I love this parish. There's the, there's the the wise one who's three days to retirement, and then there's the wacky, sarcastic one. <laughs> and there's the young priest who has the weird relationship with I don't remember the actor's name, but he, I put I put the younger looking dude. I put it on the list because John C. McGinley's in it, but like honestly, this sounds like the best sitcom idea I've ever heard of. <laughs> it was labeled as a comedy, comma romantic comedy, and I'm like. It's about priests. How is that going to happen? Maybe they're seducing the young boys in the front. I mean, I, 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 I wrote an entire womp script womp. about a priest who smokes pot and gives advice in exchange for the pot. So, like, anything's possible if you can create it in your mind. Nope. Yes. That, no. You didn't sell me on that idea, Zach. Go I'm back out. to the drawing board on your script. I'm out. I don't have a drawing board. I sold it. <laughs> you so sold I, that script? For sure. No, he didn't. No, I was no, going to no. say. That, <laughs> that was the meanest thing I think I've ever done. No. I'm like, you sold that piece of shit? <laughs> <laughs> Is what it sounded like and without me saying it? No, no, no. To who? No, the garbage we're... people? <laughs> well, uh, yes. Well, if you saw Cloverfield Paradox, production. he probably sold it to uh, Netflix. I sold Netflix. the bad robot. <laughs> Um, Netflix is buying anything these no, days. No, nobody bought it, but <laughs> we're, hey, we're, we're working on trying to get figure made. something out with it. All right. So I would not recommend The Good Catholic. Okay. It was weird. Okay. Sweet. Although that means Zach will probably watch it now. <laughs> Just to try to contradict me. <laughs> Either that or be like, nah, she's right. <laughs> this is weird. I'm going to give up my script. <laughs> it has like one of the most awkward dinner conversations I've ever seen on film. How could that be? I wasn't in the movie. See, just kill the podcast, Zach. Just keep it up. I was going to see what you were watching next, but I don't care about what documentary you're watching. Brad, what did you watch this week? <laughs> Before we go, I think we should start a new addition to the segment. When we uh, say what movies we watched, I should look up the IMDb user ratings and find the lowest rated uh, for it. So I was looking up to the Land Before Time. One star. <laughs> From Pooter Bear 1 on July 6, 2013. <laughs> Pooter Bear. Subject, the land where dinos are high. Honestly. What? <laughs> some of you might think that this is the cutest series you've ever seen, but back when I was a, a little, at or when I was little at my school, they only allowed us to watch G and PG movies, and they owned the whole series of this. It bored me to death. <laughs> I, li- I literally... I literally, I wish there was no land before time how many times we had to watch this load of crap every day after school. Wow. The dinosaurs are really annoying, and I literally wanted to to die once that first CD was put into that VCR. This boy at my school shouted, kill me now, out loud in, in front of the teachers when he found out that we were watching this piece of crap. We used to call this movie back then the land where dinosaurs were high. Zero out of 12 people found this review helpful. Oh, oh man! Wow. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. pretty good. Anyway, I like um, it. Let's see. What did I watch? Where's my list? I don't know. Uh, oh yeah, I, I I watched the Cloverfield Paradox <laughs> <laughs> all the way through this time. Yeah, I finished it this time, um, and it's. I didn't think it was as bad as you made it out to be, but um, it's, it has some I, interesting things. But as a whole, it's kind of like it's. Uh, yep. She just, he, he knows Brad's talking. Yeah, it's funny. I I didn't feel like I didn't feel like I hated it as much until we started doing the review, and then as I was talking, yeah, I talking, just got more and more furious at that movie. Um, like I thought the effect when he got his arm stuck in the wall and he was moving around and changing with it was yeah. cool. 
Um, uh, but I just don't know how it makes any sense in the film. Uh, th- the whole thing is that like they overlap their universes, so the molecules are fighting each other for ownership of the space. So you know things are just changing on the ship. <laughs> it it have. It's just random, like it, okay. It, it, they're just picking the coolest things to show, but like, all right, on their budget, yeah. Like if they really wanted to do it, it'd constantly be like in and out, and people would be trapped and falling through metal holes and things. But that's the one they went with. Yeah, um, right, anyway. and it is weird that his arm—it's his arm from this universe, but it knows where the gyroscope is. Stuff yeah, like that's I, qu- I, weird. Yeah. Like, why would? He, if he didn't know before his arm went in, like I don't know why his arm would know. Right, like I don't clearly, know, maybe if it's somehow the if, molecules are attached to the other guy. Yeah, maybe, but the other guy is in the ocean. His other version of himself is in the ocean. Yeah, well, at the least the one, ship. the one yeah. from the version that they're in is crashed into the ocean. I don't know, man. The Cloverfield in the universe they went to crashed into the ocean. Yes, yeah. Elizabeth Debicki's ship is crashed into the planet. Oh, I thought Which they is why she's each other, and that's it, why she wants to keep it. No, it's why she's pissed, and and because because they've destroyed the one in her universe. Because there's the there's a newsreel where it crashes into the ocean, and everybody on that planet is like, "Oh no!" And then yeah, and so then she's like, "That's why at the end she starts killing." Spoilers for yeah, that's why she starts killing everybody because she's like, "My my universe doesn't have a way to save itself. I need this," which is totally a genuine argument. Which um, why they do all that fighting if they could just give him the plans? Hey, like right? Yeah. Why or why doesn't she just say to her like, "How about I just tell you?" Well, actually, I think she does, but then she's like, "Well, it, by the time we build another one, we'll all be dead." She is Scooby Doo, you know. Which is again, yeah, like it's a fair argument. Like that that's maybe the nice. my favorite Scooby-Doo part. Get um, so. And then I, I forget what brought it up, but also like someone was wondering about the title in the review, and it came from the book that Donald Logue wrote in the beginning. When he's like saying, he's basically like foreshadowing the movie on the newsreel. Yeah, oh it says yeah. On the bottom that he calls his book the Cloverfield Paradox. Oh yeah, he uh, yeah no yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's all I watched. Also, uh, I went to hyperspace um, on Wednesday and played some stuff. Um, What's hyperspace? It's a an arcade? Yeah, a video game arcade. Cool. It's really cool. You, you pay, pay 12 bucks? It's 15 now. Mm, that's not bad. Uh, yeah. For, you know, all day play, and you can come and go freely. And But they also have consoles hooked up there. Cool. So they do had they a... Do they have uh, alcohol? No. <laughs> they do have soda. Good. That way, that way I know the other people attending will behave themselves so I can hear my goddamn Galaga. Yeah. <laughs> um, they had a tab there. <laughs> Really? Or we like, like to drink? Yeah, to drink. And I was like, oh, wow, I've never had Tab before. I should try some Tab. Is it good? It's really, it's, it's like a $1.50 a can there. Mm-hmm. And I, I drank some, and I was like, oh, wait, yeah, I've had this before. It's oh. awful. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically, like, it just tastes like diet soda. Yeah. Um, but um, on the Super Nintendo, they had their, they had one of those uh, cartridges that has the entire library loaded onto it, including, like, Japanese imports and things. Cool. And they had a Back to the Future Part 2 SNES game. Which isn't something you can get normally in the states. Hmm. And I played it, and uh, why is it illegal? No, <laughs> <laughs> it's just you know they make some games in Japan you and some games in the U.S. You have to get it on the black market. Yeah, you have to import it. And, but then the Super Nintendo and Nintendo, the cartridges, the Japanese ones versus the American ones. So if they, I don't know why they wouldn't make it like compatible, but um, there's like just there's just plastic. Uh, like posts inside the tray so if you try to put the cartridge in it won't fit 
Huh. So, uh, but anyway, the, the Back to the Future 2 game is just Martin McFly on a hoverboard. Mm-hmm. And they've done it like big head, tiny body, like cartoon style. Um, and it's almost like Sonic the Hedgehog where you just try to like race from one end to the other really fast. And then you just kind of bounce I off just, of Yeah, just like, don't die. Yeah. Uh, uh, Biff Tannen's buddies and uh, like weird <laughs> mailboxes and things, and then the the boss level is future Biff Tannen. Um, and you just constantly just jump on him, and he just stands in the middle of the cafe eighties. <laughs> um, so it was kind of goofy, yeah. Cool. And then the Terminator Two arcade game, I need someone to come play it with me because I don't think it's possible to beat it on your own. Done. Yeah. Uh, it was frustratingly difficult, and I probably spent like an hour and a half just on that. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> well, it, it is no fate but what we make, not no fate but what you alone make on your set by yourself. Mm. That's true. Smart. And also hyperspace. <laughs> fix your TMNT arcade game. It's been a year, and Michelangelo still can't jump, and Donatello can't use his bow staff. <laughs> <laughs> I got to... Shell shot. That's a weird thing to break. That's not like... Oh, is it the button? Yeah, it's oh, okay. attack, the buttons. And so, yeah. Gotcha. I got to the the final boss where you know, it's two, you're fighting two shredders. One of them's an, an imposter, and you mm-hmm. have to knock off the helmet to know which one it is. Um, and it just got so frustrating that I activated all four turtles, <laughs> so they would just attack the other two, and then two more shredders dropped in. And I was like, <laughs> no. <laughs> so that's all I did this week. Cool, Zach. Um, I only watched four things this week. Um, I watched Captain America Civil War again on Netflix um, before because I'm, f- I'm afraid they're going to just throw it away here in the next couple of months for Disney streaming service. Mm, so, I don't have to worry about that because I own it. I, I know. <laughs> Shush. Um, <laughs> um, I don't have to worry I, about it because I own it and I'm going to sign up for the Disney streaming service. Yeah. So, but anyway, I, I still love it. Um, I, 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 I did. There was a point in. Um, was it Spider-Man's arc, like his little, his tiny arc in the film where I was like, did, I, I guess I want to know what, what did, did it, did they tell Aunt May uh, where he's going to go on an internship trip for two days and then he's going to come back? Or was yep. that like a weekend thing? Yeah. I don't know why. I, I, it's not like a big thing. I was just wondering like, well, how did they get around this for like the, the 24 hours here? Uh, eh. Tony Stark know. was there and told her when he came in. No, I know, but like I think they said that in yeah, Spider-Man: do. Homecoming, yeah. they have that little video montage at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to rewatch Homecoming again though, because it's been a while since I've seen it. But I do own that one. Um, and then I watched. Um, I tried to watch all the Hatchet films to get ready for Victor Crowley. I did not make it to Victor Crowley yet. Mm. Um, so, I mean, I, I I don't know if you're going to talk about it this week, but I so I but I rewatched the first three Hatchets. Um, the first ones, I, I, I appreciate the first one a lot more than I did when I first saw it in film school. Um, it's beautifully shot if we're looking at the the premise that it's supposed to be an 80s throwback horror movie. Right. Like it's because it was shot. It was shot on film. And the way they the way they shot lit it and then probably eventually did D.I.T. on it. It like it feels looks and moves like an 80s horror film. Um and it's and I forgot how short these movies are. They're only about an hour and twenty minutes, yeah. um, and the majority of the hacking and killing happens in the last twenty to forty minutes. Um, but but the um, the first one's still fun. It's uh, if you don't know, it's like two friends go on a swamp tour with um, what's the guy's name who plays. Uh, the paramedic in um, the third one, like, but he's a, he's the tour guy in the first one. He's Tony Todd's assistant in the second one. He's the same actor. It's uh, Perry Shen. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. Perry Shen's 
character leads them on a tour of the swamp and whatnot. They get uh, uh, they they get thrown off their boat um, because of like running into rocks, and that's where they come upon the Victor Crowley house. And the Victor Crowley house is haunted because Victor Crowley's dad accidentally killed Victor Crowley with a hatchet to the face when trying to save him from a fire because all the kids were mean to him. And so he's a what they call a repeater, where he's forced to repeat the terrible night he was burned every night until the curse is lifted. Um, How did he get burned? Because there was a fire. Well, no, he was a deformed child prior. Yeah, and the kids threw fireworks and started a fire. Yeah. And his dad used a hatchet to get in and save him, but he ended up killing him with a hatchet. Yeah. Um, oh, and uh, Robert England's in the beginning of the film as the one of the, as we later find out, one of the three people who does it, um, the the burning of Victor Crowley. Um, but that whole scene with the gator where he's uh, standing over to try to take a piss over the boat and then the gator sn- jumps up. Like, that was one of the few moments in the movie where I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> um, second one's really fun. Tony Todd's in it, and he plays uh, uh, zombie, uh, 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 voodoo zombie. Like, I think that's his name. But he goes, he leads a hunting expedition to get Victor Crowley, mainly so that he can get his swamp tours back. And um, one of the people he thinks he needs in that equation is the director of Fright Night, Tom Holland. <laughs> <laughs> who <laughs> meets an off-screen death? He's the only one who's dignified enough. <laughs> She's like, no, we're not gonna, we're not gonna abuse Tom Holland on this set, but we're gonna pull the skin off of Tony Todd. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I saw the third one, which I had not seen yet. And unlike the first two, it's shot really slick. Like it's, it's not Adam Green. Well, yeah, it's B.J. McDonald. Um, it still is the same script by Adam, but it's just yeah, obviously it's a different visual feel. Um, but. I think Mind 3, I kind of wish that – I don't know what I was looking for in 3 anyway. I thought 2 ended it fine. <laughs> but, like, um, it had Carolyn Williams in it playing the – I think she played the uh, journalist in it. And you have Derek Mears playing the SWAT team leader, and he's he's insane he's in the movie. I love it. Mm-hmm. He was Jason yeah. in the – Freddy vs. Jason. One. Yeah. Or – I thought no, that's not Freddy. Not Freddy vs. Jason. Friday the Thirteenth remake, right? Yeah, remake. Yeah, um, but he's actually good in it. He, uh, he, he, he could be a really cool like character actor, like in a SWAT situation kind of yeah. movie, like just based off of that. Um, and yeah, and Daniel Harris is good in the two and three. You know, I'm I'm excited for Victor Crowley. I think I like those films just because like they are they are fun and they don't really pride themselves on being anything massive no so. it's about just having fun yeah and um and yeah that's uh all i watched this week james do you want the sorry do you want the review from uh the title okay movie ruined by a jerk director or just horrible uh-huh. <laughs> uh okay movie. i think i want both but yeah okay, okay movie, movie from a bad director and what movie is this Victor Crowley. Victor Crowley. Okay, that's the one you were talking about, right? Well, I was. Well, he I hadn't gotten to, to it I, yet, but I, yeah, I didn't get to it, but yeah. But. Just read it. Okay, read fuck it. it. This is Victor Crowley's. <laughs> okay. One star. Okay, movie ruined by jerk director by Sulu seven two nine seven eight. What? February twelfth, oh, two thousand eighteen. Saw a premiere of this movie during a roadshow tour, where some of the cast and their director were present for the screening. Overall, it was a fun experience with the crowd participation. Though it did start to wear on my nerves for after a while, with all the whooping and high fives from the cast and attendance whenever they appeared on screen. <laughs> it was an okay addition to the franchise, but I have gotten now to where I can't stand the director. <laughs> he gave what I thought to be a very personal, thoughtful, and humble speech at the screening. I got the Blu-ray recently, and there's an interview with him where he gives the same speech, almost verbatim, and I came to realize how scripted it all sounded. Not heartfelt at all. 
I also spoke with some people at the convention that was going on in town where Adam Green was also present and heard some discussions of how he can treat some of his fans in this very arrogant, phony, non-interested way. I hear this about a lot of celebrities, so I usually take it with a grain of salt, but one of these people showed some very rude, condescending, and ugly info that made me see him in a possible different different light. Anyway, most fans of the series of films will probably like it. Some won't. For me, it was just me. Uh, well, I, that's real big Until help. learning of the director's attitude, so now I don't even like it. Mm. One of three people found this helpful. Uh, the horrible one. Ten years after the events of the original movie, Victor Crowley is mistakenly resurrected and proceeds to kill once more. Friday the 13th meets Halloween in an island, and the end result is a horrible and terrible horror film with incredibly ba- bad acting, effects, and lots of blood and zero script or ideas. As for the killer himself and the gore in general, it's not even that interesting, and after a bad opening, it takes like... Oh, this is the one I... Shoot. I read the wrong one. Anyway, moving on. James? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, not a whole lot. I'm like, I don't know, 15 minutes from the end of the first season of, uh, of Altered Carbon. I was, I was really close uh, right before we started. Um, and I would say it... You should have watched it while I was eating up my egg rolls. <laughs> I should have. Um, yeah, I, I like it. It's interesting. Like, the second half to me gets way more into the premise of the show and a little further away from just the like general hey we kind of want to be blade runner ishness like you know they they stop just leaning on that as much and start leaning on like hey we've got this story we're trying to like reveal some stuff um it's a little overly complicated like it feels um almost like state of play where like there's there's maybe a bit too many surprise this person's involved too uh moments but um but I think what they do to explore that idea is pretty cool uh I would I would certainly recommend it I think it's one of the better things I've seen out of Netflix recently um so I mean you know if it's if it's free and you don't mind a lot of nudity then yeah you should totally and oh uh, yeah oh good morning Ryan I perked um, up yeah uh literally and, uh yeah anyway you should check it out that's all I got all right <laughs> I've been watching that all week uh son of a bitch what <laughs> I'm trying to pick the best one as bad as it can get <laughs> waste of time the story you're about to see is trash. <laughs> that one. Only the names are the same to fully innocent. One star. Anyone who gives us good marks and claims to have read the book is lying. I can <laughs> barely contain my rage. This is a travesty of an, of an adaptation. I cannot understand how you can use almost every single scene from the book, yet completely misrepresent the essence of the novel. This guy's a fucking nerd. <laughs> the media made this out to be a white trat. White trash, and that's a misrepresentation. This is a Christian wash. Religion is a minor plot point in the book, and in this garbage, it's the... God damn it. There's no Christians... Oh, no, yeah, I guess there's a, there's one Catholic. It's the main plot yeah. line. Tack is what? turned into a weak-willed emo victim who gets saved by characters who are not even in the actual book. That's not true. I, through sheer force of will, forced myself to watch the entire series. Do not do this to yourself. Read the books. This is total garbage. If you want a true sci-fi adaptation, check out The Expanse on sci-fi. Netflix ruined one of my all-time favorite novels. 
probably written by ruined? From sci-fi. Oh my goodness! Did did Netflix come to your house and burn your copy? Holy shit! That's you know what? He's right. One star. That's really unfair of Netflix to come and pee on his copy of those books. Oof. That's or maybe just... it's her copy. <laughs> mm. Or her copy. He's just repeating what James is saying. Oh, okay. No, because That's racist, James. <laughs> You're assuming that you uses gender. Um, yeah, but in a positive way, because no woman would be would jump to conclusions so unfairly. Uh, I might. And, well, all right. <laughs> Anyway, that's what I watched this week. Cool. Ryan? Uh, I watched Victor Crowley this week. Oh, um, there you go. So it's the fourth entry in the Hatchet series. I hear, I hear that's a terrible movie from an asshole. Okay. What did you think of Victor Crowley? And Victor Crowley. See, wow. Victor Crowley is really gory. Victor Crowley is very gory. You heard Sometimes it here, folks. it's funny. Sometimes it's funny. It needs more money. It needs more money. <laughs> But the effects were pretty awesome. The effects were pretty awesome. Overall, I give it three bloody stumps. Pretty raisin stumps. <laughs> <laughs> Say that's Victor Crowley. That's Victor Crowley. <laughs> Good job, buddy. Kellen, stop being cute. Totally send that review to Adam Green. Yeah. Be like my kid loved it. Um, <laughs> uh, of course, he didn't see it. Um, but. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's it, it's like all Adam Green stuff where it's really over the top in the humor and the violence. Um, some of it is funny. Sometimes it doesn't land. Uh, I actually I think the funniest joke is so uh, you mentioned la- when I was on here last. The cover art has a crashed airplane. Yeah. Well, a plane crashes in Victor Crowley's swamp and then he starts killing people. Ooh, it's, it's like Jurassic Park three. Yeah, but in it, so the plane like has a hole ripped into it. Well, it's flying to the Victor Crowley swamp, and this dude gets sucked out, and these people are, like, on a swamp tour, and they're about to take, like, a selfie, and, like, the corpse just, like, hits the ground next to him. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Oh, um, that is and, and, yeah, it needs more money. You can tell it's a little low budget. Um, sure. Because there's, like, oh, there's a plane crashing, and there's just, like, a Foley effect of a plane going, um, but it's fun. I mean, they put all the money in the gore effects, which is awesome. Um yeah, if you you have to like the Hatchet movies. If you don't like the Hatchet movies, don't watch it because it doesn't really offer anything. <laughs> like apparently, when they were shooting it, because he shot this in secret, as we yeah. discussed prior, the the place where the burned Victor Crowley house is, apparently, like it was already burned pre burned when they were getting ready to do it, and then the wildfires happened in Atlanta where they shot it, mm-hmm. and so it became even more burned. <laughs> so Damn. they got extra production value. <laughs> <laughs> they needed it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's fun. Um, I, Go ahead. Sorry, I was just, I was looking at the the poster art for the hatchet movies, and they're all like double sided axes. So I was like, I think hatchets are only the single side, um, and I just googled it, and yeah, that yeah, Google uh, double sided hatchets. Not that's an axe. It's not a hatchet. Yeah, no, he always has a he always has an axe because it's always like a big like every or at least yeah, on the covers. But he was killed with a hatchet. Oh oh, <laughs> I don't remember. That's <laughs> okay. deep. Um. Uh, I, I watched Sicario again in 4K. Great. Uh, it looks great in 4K. Man, that movie should get a uh, a an Oscar for, for art For direction. Emily Blunt, I agree. Cinematography? Yes. Yeah. I think it should get a sequel. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a good one. Soldado. I was really stoked because uh, Drag Me to Hell was released this week on Scream Factory Collector's Edition. Yeah, we talked about it last week. So the... The original Blu-ray is, it's all right. It has the unrated cut and about 20 minutes of video production diaries. 
Uh, this one has an interview with, I think, four different people involved with it. Uh, cool. The main character, Allison Lohman, uh, the lady who played uh, the gypsy, and uh, the composer. I always, I always <laughs> actually love interviews with composers. Yeah. Because they look at the movie a different way. Yeah. And uh, him explaining it. The only bummer now is Sam Raimi doesn't really get involved with his behind-the-scenes stuff anymore. Yeah. And it, I, I'd love to hear what he has to say about it, because I do know that they tricked him to into doing this movie so him and his brother ivan wrote this right after spider-man 3 and he didn't want to do anything else because on spider-man 3 he always tells that he would take a golf cart from different set to different set working like 20 hours a day and just burnt out yeah and uh his producing partners said sam you got to direct this who else can can direct this movie and he's you know he's saying no i don't want to do it um and actually greg nicotero was talking about directing it and um that would have been interesting yeah but then sam kept on coming up with these ideas that he had for it and he said yeah i should probably just direct it <laughs> uh it's it's actually really well done it's a really well made horror film uh it, I, I sam raimi hasn't made a movie since oz and i miss his energy on screen yeah and he he does it better than anybody else uh and this movie is kind of a spiritual successor to evil dead anyways yeah uh it's fun i talked about last week how much i love that like spoilers for this movie but the title is a spoiler for the movie i know i put that uh, in uh the alamo movie club had a posting a couple weeks ago it said name a movie where the uh the spoilers in the title and i put drag me Down. yeah yeah that's uh, a good one and the, the ending's pretty creepy i mean yeah uh so, and again sam Raimi. i'm sorry he's almost 60 years old yeah Oh man! I mean, the spoiler on it, but like she looks like like is it? I don't know if it's CG or if it's practical when she's being dragged. Uh it's it's a mix because it looks terrifying. Yeah, no, because <laughs> Sam, Sam Raimi knows how to shoot horror. He really right. does. Yeah. Um I was looking at it, like the, when it first came out, PG thirteen. I'm like, Jesus! They got away with yeah, a lot. Yeah, the, the unrated cut is like more blood spewing from her nose. Mm. Um, it's a little more violent, the car scene. Mm. It's actually the same running time, so it's literally just snippets cut from it to make it more violent. Nice. Um, I got to see this movie two days before it came out at the theater, nice. <laughs> and I'd never known. I only knew Sam Raimi as the Spider-Man guy. Mm. I didn't know about Evil Dead until after this movie, and I was like, wow, that's great. It's good to see Sam Raimi stretch himself. My managers turned to me and go like, dude, he's done this before. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's uh show me more. I mean, even the opening's pretty creepy where that little boy gets dragged in uh to hell. Yeah, that's right. Um, I forgot about that. I didn't so, watch that again. Yeah, it's, so it's a great film. Uh I I bought this movie on just its reputation alone. It's called Tragedy Girls. It's basically a send up of slasher films. Right, yeah, where they've got the weird face masks. Yeah, yeah. Um Brad wasn't too crazy about it according to his letterbox review. Sorry, what? Uh Tragedy Girls. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, you reviewed it on the show, I think. No, I actually thought it was really good. I had fun with it. Um the the main girl in there is uh in Deadpool. Yeah, she's Negasonic yeah. Teenage Warhead. Um Oh her, oh okay. yeah. Uh and the other girl plays Storm in X Men, <laughs> the Apocalypse. So it's oh, uh, okay. it's kinda of funny. Uh so yeah, it's about these two girls who wanna create an online footprint by murdering people. And it's uh I don't know. It's hard to describe. <laughs> You should watch it. I, th- I thought it was pretty fun. I think sometimes the the jokes do start kind of running out of steam, um, but I, I thought it was a cool movie, and Is I actually it really supposed liked it. to be funny or a horror movie. It's, I would say it's pitch black comedy. 
because it's it's supposed to be pitch, funny. Pitch Black is a sci-fi action film. Yes, uh, but like it's a dark comedy. Okay, it's it's pretty fun. Uh, I really liked it. Uh, I know Brad wasn't too crazy about it, but uh, I enjoyed it, and the gore effects are pretty great in it. I think it's on Shutter right now. Uh, check it out. Yeah, the Blu-ray is like one of those Blu-ray on demands, and it's in one of those really thick cases. Why do they send them in super thick cases? It's weird. So it doesn't break. They, I don't know. They're like uh, like DVD size, but they're Blu-rays. And when I get the Sony stuff, like uh, Spanglish and another Adam Sandler movie, it was like that. Hmm. It's weird. Um, and uh, the last thing I watched was the Criteria Night of the Living Dead. And Actually, I watched that too. I, yeah. Uh, the new print. I've seen this movie I don't even know how many times. It's my It's my favorite horror film, really close to my favorite film of all time. And... Watching it in 4K, it blew my mind because I, I, you know, you've seen a movie so much, you're familiar with how it looks, you're familiar with scenes, you're familiar with the lighting, you're familiar with the, even the blocking of the acting and the camera placements. And um, I know this is really deep in movie stuff, but I, if you see movies enough, you know where the action is and how they block it. But watching this on 4K, I'm like, oh my gosh, I could see like cracks in the uh, the walls in the house. The lighting, uh, they used an effect where they like pull. Like uh, these black pieces of paper across the lighting. It's just a Blu-ray, though, right? Yeah. Okay. So, but it's a it's a 4K like scan. Yeah. Um. So like, I guess technically 2K. I mean, yeah. I'm seeing the same things he's seeing on my TV too. Yeah, and you know, there's it's just little things in the film, and it actually, it does make the zombie makeup look pretty bad in some parts. Like you can see, like the finger like smear on the like the putty. Um. But the the movie itself. I think why it's so great, and I want to say Robert Rodriguez talked about this in one of the special features, is, and I agree with him, is George Romero never set out to make it a social commentary. It's just he casted a black man in the lead because he was the best actor they had. Mm-hmm. He never, because he said when he wrote it, I think he was described as Caucasian in the script, and he said, well, Dwayne came in and he was the best actor, so we gave him the lead in it. And he even downplays it. They have an interview with him at the Toronto Film Festival. And he says, no, we just like Dwayne, and we just put him in there. And it, and people look at it as either the Civil Rights Movement or the Vietnam Movement. Uh, There's it, many ways to read this film. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's just the, the film's at the right place at the right time, and it's shot really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Romero talks about all the mistakes he sees in it. I mean, it was his first film. Obviously, he's going to say that. But I think the mistakes actually add to the mystique and the legacy of the film, where some frames are a little out of focus or... Um, yeah, so it, but I think because he shot it kind of like a documentary where you're there and you're living it. Yeah. Um, I watched that intro part where they talked about all the handheld stuff is shot mm-hmm. on 16 millimeter. Yeah. And all the you know, everything else is uh, 35, and mm-hmm. so they had trouble making those match. Yeah. 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 So they had to like downgrade the 35. Yeah. To match the 16 or but something. You, did you see the interview with John Russo? No. So he's the writer on it. He was talking about they were in a commercial company called Late in, uh, Image. And he also helped with the camera and, like, the focus poles and stuff. And they're talking about technical stuff on a film that wasn't that, I mean, is it small-budget film. And that they wanted to make sure that they got as much work as they could on commercials to figure out how to make a, a feature film the right way. That's a pretty cool addition in the set, too. Yeah. yeah. And so it's it's a really well-done Blu-ray. And everybody should get it because this film really deserves it. Uh, sound, sounds amazing. It sounds too. great because... Yeah. 
Because what they did, they only they put the work print on. Did you watch the work print? I haven't yet, no, but um, I've got people wanting to know what I think. So. Oh, it's... Like from film school. Yeah, so it's like different... There's some different takes. Mm. It's pretty much the same. It's shorter because they don't have everything in it, obviously. Right. Um, and it's really rough, but it's okay. really cool to watch. I love that title, Night of Anubis. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so... Yeah, we should get Night of Living Dead. Yeah. It, the commentary, I haven't listened to it with the commentary, but it's the old 94 one. Isn't yeah, it? Laserdisc. Okay. I haven't heard that one. I have a one from, I think, 2008. Is that the one Weinstein did the release? Yeah. Okay. I think I have that one. Yeah. I think he recorded a new one for that. I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> um, it's yeah. awesome, though. It's I'm I'm amazed that they got it. That they it, it took, what, 40 years for this to happen? Yeah. And, uh, and if you look down at the bottom on the packaging, George Lucas Family Film Foundation. Yep. So, so George, George Lucas got it going. Yeah, there we go. Um, and, and if I was restoring it in my basement, <laughs> the the ninety Night of the Living Dead and this one, I think the best scene is when uh, Ben is talking about the cafe. So in in this one, he has this really great monologue where he's talking about figuring out what they are, and he says, "You know, I drove this truck away and I stopped and turned around to see if anybody else needed help in this diner, and it was surrounded and." They were just staring at me, and he does it really well, and it's really creepy. And he says, "And I just drove through them, and they didn't move, and they didn't care." And in the remake, Tony Todd's is really good too when he's talking about the diner. Mm-hmm. It's a little different. Um, so yeah, I'd pick up Night of Living Dead. It's great. So which one star review do you want to hear? This classic. <laughs> uh, it'll be wrong, but sure. <laughs> do the one by That's Roger fun Ebert. Um, I heard he was an up and coming critic at the time. <laughs> I'm going to read a bunch of subject lines. You tell me which is your favorite. Okay. Pretentious and boring to the modern viewer. What? <laughs> wow. What were they thinking? Uh. Hi, Jen. Hello. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Welcome to the show. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I was so bored, I trimmed my toenails instead. I think the first uh, one. I was going to say... A warning to all dead fans. Which one? Wait, For- warning to all dead fans? Yeah. To all dead fans. Uh, yeah, I guess that one. That one? Because I'm going to tear that one apart. <laughs> okay, so I go up... Please tell me it's oh, like a, the, the best story we've ever heard mm-hmm. on this review. <laughs> okay. Kellen. 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 Stay away from there. Come back. Thank you. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Wait, you can't read and listen at the same time? Come on, Brad. It's hard. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I go out and buy what I think is Night of the Living Dead on DVD. What a sham. This is a hacked and mutilated update to the George Romero classic. Do not purchase if you care about preserving an auteur's vision. Hmm. Russo and Striner shoot moronic footage in 1988 and edit it into the 1968 version, expanding an already finished film. What, what is what? what is this guy talking about? Yeah, this sounds like a honestly. Would Da Vinci repaint the Mona Lisa? We can't see. <laughs> Don't uh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> um, honestly, would Da Vinci repaint the Mona Lisa once he discovered a better ver- set of oils? Idiots. Let this be a lesson to all budding filmmakers out there. If you care one bit about what happens to your film's vision, make sure you secure proper film rights before distribution. I am disgusted and abhorred. To add insult to injury, these boobs had the audacity to rescore the soundtrack. I sat there dumbfounded at the destruction of not only a great horror classic, but my memory of the film as well. I cannot express my disappointment at the travesty of justice that has been inflicted time and time again on this film. Even Savini's version was superior to this piece of garbage. 
Good Lord. Once again, buffoons reign supreme in the film industry. <laughs> Wait, uh, there, there was. They did. I forget what it's called, but Russo is the original co-writer. They went back and they added stuff to it. I forget what it's called. It's like uh, Living Dead <laughs> in Color or something. I don't remember. So I'll tell you, on the Criterion version, there's only one one-star review, and it's a spoiler, but I'll read it. It just says, they shoot the black hero at the end. What the fuck? <laughs> that's, that's, I do like that idea yeah. that like that ending is still shocking to people today. Oh, it's super shocking. Yeah, yeah you got him. There's another one for the fire. Uh, this is what's coming out on Blu-ray this week. DVD releases the Blu-rays. By the way, Buffoons Reign Supreme is my new band. You can check us out at the local <laughs> Bluebird Theater. <laughs> uh, the Florida Project is out on Blu-ray this week. So if you missed that, which you probably did, you can check it out. Right on. Uh, Doctor Who, Twice Upon a Time. It's like a... It, what was it? It was, it was a, a Christmas special. Yeah. There we go. That's when 12 died and 13 took over. Great. The, the, the one that's taken over now? Yeah. yeah, the lady. Okay, right on. Wait, ladies can be doctors? Of course. Okay, cool. Jody Whitaker. Uh, <laughs> Stephen Moffat's still running that show? No, it's uh, Chris Chibnall or whatever. The oh, guy cool. from Broadchurch. Oh, neat. I need he's to start gonna, watching again then. He's going to take over now. with. Oh. Uh, he and 13 are going to be doing it together. Sweet. Okay. I'm going to start watching the, Doctor Who again, guys. I think that's guys. maybe one of the reasons that he hired Jody Whitaker is because he knew she did such good work on Broadchurch. Cool. Well, great. This is the most excited I've been in a while. Man, I hope that guy retires. Uh, Mom and Dad is out on Blu-ray, which that is Nicolas Cage one? the Nicolas Cage Selma Blair movie. I want to see it really yeah. bad. Yeah, I'm gonna like... kill you, son. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's my Nicolas Cage. <laughs> it was good. It's ridiculous and insane. Yeah, it's Brian Taylor too from the Crank movies. Mm. Right. Um, I definitely should watch it. Yeah, yeah, he also recently said that he wants the Crank series to have its own cinematic universe, and it should. Of <laughs> course, you do. Uh, I'm sure you'd like any kind of career at this point. Fuck um, you, Jellios. Uh, Daddy's Home 2 is out on 4K this week, uh, as well as Daddy's Home 1. I like Daddy's Home. It's pretty funny. I, I watched it for the first time a couple weeks ago. Man, it's pretty funny. I hear Mel Gibson's okay <laughs> in it. Yeah. Like, you know, mm-hmm. funny, which is good. I miss him. Uh, Manhattan Murder uh, is out from Twilight Time, uh, which is a Woody Allen film. Um, nope. from 1993. So, yep, moving on. Uh, Scalpel from Arrow. Uh, this is a film where, let's see. Um, is there a scalpel on the cover? Yeah, man, there's no tagline on this, on this cover. That's too bad. So it's just a woman and she's got like lots and lots of gauze on her, uh, because clearly she's getting a lot. I think this is just a movie where a woman gets a lot of plastic surgery. This sounds like a canon film. Uh, it's it, well. It's out from area. Uh, can Kellen have this Nature Valley? Sure, of course he can. Um, <laughs> that thing looks so beat up. <laughs> from uh, oh shoot, I had this open twice. Um, okay, cool. Uh, so the big Shout Factory release this week is Gate Two: oh, Return to the Nightmare. Gate to what? Uh, no, 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 no. Just Gate, and then the uh, number two. The Gate Two. No, no, no. There's no, no the on there. There's no the. It just says Gate. To return to the nightmare, which you do point out something great. They should have just called it Gate to the Nightmare. Yeah. Because well, that would have been great. Uh, the first uh, <laughs> the like gate step up to is the you can get yeah. on the Vesteron Collector series. It's, it's a fun movie. Uh, the tagline here is, there's only one thing more terrifying than the first visit. It's the return visit? The second. 
Ah. Uh, so this is a movie where um, there's so th- this cover has no gates on it. Um, no, it's it a is gateway a giant, to hell. It's a giant like cavern, uh, and there's a creepy lizard man hand reaching up and scratching the wall like he's James, bored. James, if you watch the first gate, then you would know that's a gateway to hell. So it's the gate to hell. Okay, hold, that's hold, a floor. Hold I on. mean, in the ground. So y'all remember in the Great Gatsby, where the, there's that sign, the the big billboard with the glasses on it, where the eyes on it. You're doing um, this, aren't you? <laughs> and and that it's a representation of God and how God is looking down on everybody in the film or in yeah. the book. Um, I thought it was just a representation of paranoia brought on by like, no, it's, stress it's, or something. It's supposed to be like the indifference of God who is watching over like Says who? Your English silly... teacher? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, oh, this one... Artist objective, James. This one has a, a giant set of lizard man eyes that are looking down on you in, and they're literally just disembodied, like weird cut out eyes. Uh, and then some lightning. I remember that from church. The lizard eyes were always judging you. Also, this cave looks like it's a brain. Like the <laughs> ground is 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 clearly brain. Uh, I don't know. It's weird. Uh, and then very last thing for this week uh, from Sony Pictures, the Star, a tale of faith and friendship. Uh, this features six sing-alongs. Uh, with Mariah Carey, Fifth Harmony, and more. This is clearly a movie about uh, nativity scene, barnyard animals, and their friendship. But it's got farting camels. <laughs> Does it really? I don't know. I'm, I, assuming, uh, I'm assuming based on the poster I saw. <laughs> animals did not fart around Jesus Christ. Uh, you you need to check yourself. Do you have these facts in writing? <laughs> uh, yes. Are and I'm not the, talking about the book. It's called the book of Matthew. No. Are the biblical characters played by vegetables? I don't... <laughs> <laughs> okay, then I'm not interested. I don't believe so. I think all the characters are animals. Well, that's a shame because um, I like the waltz with tomatoes. The plot here is a small but brave donkey and his animal friends become the un... un, un Unsung heroes of the first Christmas. Um, Do they save Jesus from burning in a fire? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? No. <laughs> <laughs> then how are they the unsung heroes? Like, I thought the little drummer boy would be one, but why the donkey? I don't know. Hmm. You should check out The Star, A maybe. Tale of Faith and Friendship, maybe and I, you'll find out. Maybe I will. Uh, that's this week on Blu-ray. This week on Real Nurse Podcast, we saw Black Panther. Black Panther. Wakanda <laughs> forever. Corinne, should people go see the Black Panther? Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Zach, should people see the Black Panther? Absolutely. This is the best Marvel film I've seen since Winter Soldier. Um, but Debatable. Well, we'll talk about it. <laughs> we'll talk, we'll talk Why, about what's it. better, Ryan? Picking a fight. Spider-Man. Oh. Yeah, but you're cheating. I am. <laughs> So yeah, it's really good. I loved it. Googler's uh, three for three now with me um, between this Fruitvale Station one. He's I, I love seeing what he does. I love so. that. I love that you got to Creed and just and whatnot. <laughs> I like Creed. You you and whatnoted Creed. I said three. three I said I said three for three. Anyway, you should go watch Black Panther. Yes. In fact, if you haven't watched it already, you're lame. So wow, Agreed. Brad, don't freeze when I ask you if uh, you should see Black Panther. He never freezes. <laughs> Thank you, Grant. <laughs> I never uh, freeze. Yeah, it's great. Check it out. <laughs> James? <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, no, it's it's flipping awesome. Uh, the movie's a lot of fun. Uh, you got to sort of bear with the beginning there, but um, but there's great reasons why, and when you watch the second time, you won't be bored at all. Um, it's super brave, amazing story. 
Uh, really a fantastic time. So when, yeah, every, everyone should see it. So, because we, we, we kept forgetting to talk about the version we saw in New York. <laughs> I was, I was surprised the the changes they made. Yeah, yeah. The then. fact that this version doesn't have like the Adam Warlock scene in it is really weird. Yeah. Um. So that's bizarre. Anyway, um. Ryan, should people go see the Black Panther? Meh. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, the movie's awesome. What I really like about Marvel right now is each of their movies kind of have their own identity. Um, whether it's Spider Man being a super, uh, high school movie, Thor kind of being a I don't know funny <laughs> and, and this one is um a trip it is. is yeah this one i yeah this has a lot of stuff going on in it yeah and it's one of those things where they you know at the alamo they always bring your check about 45 minutes before the movie is over and they drop I'm like, wow this movie's almost over it like because it breathes so much and i mean there's is superhero action but there's not that much yeah that i was like oh wow they haven't all right i guess we're gonna solve this soon yeah and um, on the uh, the first night I saw it, they brought the check. Like we were still touring Wakanda. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Is there no actual like villain in this movie?" Or yeah. Like, and then all of a sudden, just yeah, the, that whole plot just jumps in and yeah, it really picks up. Ah, uh, yeah. Go see it. Here's a trailer for Black Panther. I have seen gods fly. I've seen men build weapons that I couldn't even imagine. Uh-huh. I've seen aliens drop from the sky. Yeah. But I have never seen anything like this. How much more are you hiding? Hola. Let's go, go, go. My son, it is your time. Show me my respect and bow down. You get to decide what kind of king you are going to be. Don't freeze. I never freeze. The revolution will not be televised. Show me my respect. Bow down. We own ya. We own ya. We only get started now. Cause we own ya. Everybody think they know me now. Cause we own ya. You and not my homie. Cause we own ya. I waited my entire life for this. The world's gonna start over. I'ma burn it all. What happens now determines what happens. The rest of the world. You will not be able to stay home, brother. You will not be able to plug in, turn on, and cop out. The revolution will not be televised. Let's have some fun. The revolution. Yeah, Black Panther tells a story of T'Challa and his rise as king to Wakanda and all the... What? I said he's so awesome. Oh, Mm -hmm. he is awesome. And 
It's you know what I really loved about this film, and I think it's true to all of Kugler's films is he has great energy. Like yeah. his films have so much energy, no matter what's happening. Um, in Creed, it's the the fight you know that never cuts. Um, in Fruitvale Station, it's just the the sense of being there. Yeah, even though it's like not action packed, it's a lot of people talking, but he has so much energy. And in uh, in this film, the all the stuff in the backgrounds, the costumes. Everything really works really well. And I was always, I don't know why I get, sometimes I'm nervous about Marvel movies when they take lesser known characters. Uh, I mean, everyone knows if you're a comic book person, Black Panther is, but trying to sell it to mass people, I think was tough. And especially when you say, oh, they live in an African country that's super advanced and they're smarter than everybody else. And it's, it's taking a big chance that everyone's going to believe this. And it's awesome. And they did. And yeah, I remember uh, two years ago because I was re-listening to the Civil War episode that we did, where Henry and I were excited because we didn't know nothing about Black Panther outside of Civil War, and I was kind of worried going in that I was not going to understand much. But that intro is is good, and where like with the animation how it explains what the Black Panther is, what his origin is, like how the the king ritual essentially, mm-hmm. like how you become king, and going forward from there, like. Yeah, the the beginning of the film is is origin story kind of like territory, but I like the way they handled it without boring mm-hmm. me. Like it didn't feel like I thought it was like a creative spin on that idea of like, well, we've got to inform people of what he's doing because we have to help people understand why he's important to look at for two more movies. Yeah, because I mean, they they kind of tell it as a day in the life of, and so as a result, it's like. As he's walking around doing stuff or, like, working with his counselor, meeting the dude who tends to the rhinos. And, like, you just kind of sort of get to know what the world is. And it's a lot better. Yes, it's a lot of exposition. But it feels better than just exposition because it kind of feels like, oh, well, we're just following him. Which is funny because it does lead to this, the first half. You kind of get the sense of, like, the stakes aren't that high. You don't know. You know, yeah, they're doing the whole king thing. And you don't realize that, like, oh, shit. The, the we're watching the Lion King, but like backwards sort of. So the end, you know, climax of this movie is gonna be all to do with this, you know, how you become king and challenges and all that stuff. So early on, it just seems like you I like, know what I appreciated it though is that unlike it trying to, I mean, yes, there's exposition, but I I took it more as I'm getting to know T'Challa because yeah. in the in the previous film I saw him in I got to know him but not as much as I was focused on Steve and Tony you know because yeah, in that one he's just mad yeah whereas in this yeah it, well he's not one dimensional but he's no. he's limited this one I get to you know I get to see him interact with his lady love and you know I get to see him interact with his friend from get out you know I get to like kind of see the interactions that he has with other people that allow me to follow him and enjoy following him and want to see him and that only works if you get an actor as good as Bozeman to do this. Yeah. Well, I don't think there's a weak link in this cast. Even no, though not the, at all. The, They're amazing. The opening with I his won. uncle and his dad. No, you don't. And you All those guys are awesome in that one scene uh, because they have this like, oh, brother, it's good to see you. And then there's a turn immediately. Yeah. And it's 
pretty well done. So I guess I can't say I have a, a a weak link in the cast. I do feel like I would have rather it not been Forrest Whitaker because Forrest Whitaker is to me. I see Forrest Whitaker and I'm like, oh, Forrest Whitaker's here and he's doing Forrest Whitaker. Like he to me, I was like, oh, it's Star Wars oh, again. I thought you were going go, um, to go. I thought you were going to go for Circus. <laughs> oh no no, Circus is amazing. He's chewing scenery left and right. I don't think any lines were written for his character. He's just amazing. Um, like I I <laughs> thought it was a great performance. I, I, um, I liked Whitaker in it though. I'm just saying, yeah, you know. if there was one place, you know, but everybody was great. Fun um, fact, did you know that his son plays his character in the flashback? Did you know that the son of the guy who plays his dad yep. is also T'Challa, his son? T'Chaka. Yep. Yeah. Hashtag it's great. It's, hashtag it's all connected. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, yeah, and um, I, I mean, I enjoyed the um, the sister. Um, his, yes. Uh, his sister. is that Shooty. Yeah, I... Yeah. I want to see that actress in other things, like yeah. immediately. <laughs> she was so much fun. Um, I liked Okoye. I thought she mm. was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Everybody was just was badass. This movie has war rhinos in it. Yeah. That was pretty great. Man. Yeah. Definitely of, on board. They also gave a lot of depth to the villain for once. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, like I kind of sympathized with Killmonger for a little while there. Like, oh, yeah. like I get his obviously his his ends aren't the best choice, but <laughs> no. Um, like honestly, he, he has an honest grievance, like. To make T'Challa's, you know, ancestors kind of like these people who did bad things too, um, it just added a nice new level to a Marvel movie. And he's really just an extreme version of the argument that T'Challa's girlfriend is making, right? Yeah. Of like, hey, no, we can't keep doing this. And he he comes back as like the evidence that, hey, you guys can't keep doing this. Um, no, I think he's great. I mean, I honestly kind of wanted him to be redeemed at the end. Like, yeah. I wanted. Same. You know, when when T'Challa yeah. makes him that offer, I was like, "Oh yeah, take it!" Like, wouldn't it be awesome if in the next movie they fought like side by side? Um, like that would be so cool. But yeah, I, but I don't think it fit his character though because it would think I think he's way too far gone. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with you, and I think the message that it sends is better. It's just in my heart, I wanted him to be okay. Well, he up, Your like, Spielberg heart when he yeah. has his own flashback to like the Soul Realm with his own dad, yeah. which was the part that I felt like the most for him because oh. uh, he's just a victim of this circumstance. Um, and he talks about the sunset, like he wanted to bring him home to Wakanda. He gets there, and I thought when he was dying, he was watching the sunset. That might be enough for him to yeah. change, but yeah. like That's the only way I think he could. I think because there's never a point in the movie where the two of them like talk. Yeah. There's never a point where T'Challa says to him, like, this is what was done wrong. I'm sorry for what happened. I didn't do it. Nothing was done, like, you know. Um, because that conversation never happens at the end, he just sees the world the way he sees it. Honestly, um, I kind of thought he was one-dimensional up until the very end because he came off as, like, this, I want to conquer the world because, you know, I have issues with my parents abandoning me or, you know, there was injustice done to me and now I want to take it out on other people. Up until that last line right before he dies, yeah. of, like, bury me in the ocean because my ancestors knew that it was better to die than to be in bondage. And I was like, shit. Yeah. And that's where I can, like, earlier in the performance, like, because I, I see where you're, how you're, how you're approaching it. The reason I don't, like, see him as just one-dimensional um, up to that point is, like, prior, though, it's just... Jordan's got this like thing with his eyes, like he does like some like he's got a lot of passion in his eyes. I saw it in Fruitvale Station the first time, um, and you see it in Creed too. But he just like there's a lot of conviction behind him, and I can like watch him in a scene where he is giving a monologue, and I'm like, 
there's anger in here, and it's not just the anger on your surface level. I'm seeing something very different, and that's also a testament to Kugler's writing ability because he co-wrote the script. Yeah. So, like, you add all the elements together, and you said it best last night when we were driving home, is that, like, it, it, it's the right amount of angry. Yeah. And I, and I thought that that was well represented, and only Jordan can do something like that in this given moment. Um, yeah, he's, it's, it's he's a great performance. Fantastic. It's, it's one of the it's 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 a great villain and uh, one that I really enjoyed watching. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, I also, really love T'Challa's arc in this movie. Hmm? Yeah, especially considering how even though he was kind of a side character in Captain America: Civil War, I thought he had the best arc in that movie. Yeah, and so I'm like, well, where's he going to go from this? And I was thinking about it today, and I'm like, you know, in Civil War, he's not really a superhero. Like, he's a hero, and he's a good guy, but what's he doing? He's not really going out and saving innocent people. He's just trying to bring Bucky in because he's mad. Right. He wants revenge. And I understand that he's a leader of a country, but he's not, like, going out and defending the innocent like the Avengers were. But we're leading up to that. And so Mm -hmm. I think in this movie, you start to see him. He has this dilemma of... Wakanda first or putting the world first and you start to see him shift into becoming like a superhero where he puts the world ahead of Wakanda or no. you know they're equal or something and also that twist with his father when he finds out the decision his father made yes. regarding his uncle uh, yeah and that confrontation in the um, ancestral world mm-hmm. which is just like it's it's one of those things that I love about Marvel is they'll throw you a curveball every so often about in, in terms of emotional resonance and that's one because you know, up until that point, I'm like Black Panther, like yeah, it's it's really good. I'm enjoying it, and then they throw that curveball. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, man, this is this is just even more brilliant than it was 40 minutes ago when it started. So. Yeah, I mean that him having this sort of whole arc about realizing that his father's not perfect, and mm-hmm. that you know, and and I, yeah, I think it, and then coupling that with the story of him feeling like he's not really ready. Um, is just wonderful. Like it's a really beautiful story that doesn't necessarily tie anything up or give you any nice answers. I mean, this is a movie with a whole lot of stuff that it's talking about and a whole lot of things that you can sort of read into it and, and a lot of messages that it's trying to send. And none of them are easy things to think about. And none of them are like solid answers either. Um, I think it's just a really smart, brave, prescient film um, that honestly, like, you know, I will agree that there are a lot of Marvel movies where it's like, okay, the, the, the plot is whatever. And you're really there for the laughs and for the fun main character. Um, you know, and, and you get your guardians of the galaxy one where it's like, okay, the bad guy is a bad guy. And there's not a whole lot of arc and, you know, um, but this certainly puts to bed any idea that like, they're just, ha- you know, rehashing the same movie over and over again. Um, I, I think this movie's just absolutely brilliant. And they've been doing it well between that and um, I would even put Homecoming on there in terms of taking what we think we're going to see and then twisting it because, yeah. I mean, these guys have said it before and whatnot, but when you find out who Michael Keaton is in uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, yeah. it's a shock. And the same kind of gut punch happens in Black Panther, but in a different way with different tools. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think now, I th- too, Marvel is understanding that if you give these filmmakers a movie – you can tell a contained story in a broader universe, which I think where uh, DC's kind of stumbling right now is you focus on the Black Panther and you focus on his ascension to being king. And then you're like, oh, yeah, this is also part of the Marvel Universe. So we're going to bring in Claw and 
Um, it, but the claw thing ties all the way back to uh, Age, of Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's really well done and really well thought out because you don't you don't I don't think you actually have to see the other Marvel movies to watch Black Panther. No, oh, no, and that's why I want my folks to see this because they'll enjoy it because they won't be like, "What's an Infinity Stone?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Um, or how does Spider Man know Tony Stark? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, when it comes to being a superhero movie about social issues, like, this is one that shies away from nothing, does it all very intelligently, mm-hmm. um, really faces things down, doesn't, like, you know, and, and also doesn't, like, doesn't, I don't, I don't think, really rub it in your face, like, talks about it in a very realistic way, uh, which is funny because it's about a made-up imaginary fake cartoon country, um, but, uh... Yeah, I, I think it's just incredible. Um, Side note, Andy Serkis and Martin Freeman are in the same room in an interrogation. Bilbo? Right. Gollum. Gollum. Yep. It took me till <laughs> an hour before we recorded to realize that. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Martin Freeman was great. I yeah. so thought he was going to die. Oh. Yeah, I wondered because at the very end, like right before the credits started rolling, I'm like, so wait, did he die? I yeah. mean. He probably didn't, and we'll see him in the mid credit scene, and then that's what happened. Yeah. But I was like, well, if they killed him off, that was kind of a lame way to do it because they yeah. didn't acknowledge it at all. I liked it when he said, put me back in. Like, he's like, he's yeah. assessing that damage and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Reminds me a lot of Coulson and the Avengers. Oh, yeah. Where I'm I, like, ah, oh, I, I want this character around. That's Even part though of I why... love Coulson back, I'm like, yeah, this guy will do too. That's part of why I thought it was. I thought they were going to a place where he was going to die to help save Wakanda, mm-hmm. and that was going to sort of make them realize, like, oh, shit, yeah, we really are a part of this whole world and need to sort of hold ourselves accountable to that and not just sit here on our on our, on our our high horse. Right. Um, I did love his little smirk in the mid credit scene when that guy was like, what does Wakanda have to offer? <laughs> and everyone's smirking like, hm, you have no idea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, so oh, good. And it's great, too, because it's going to open up Thanos, because now Thanos is going to know. Yeah. There's some Infinity Stone there. Yeah. There is? Oh, yeah. I and, love, and remember I love the, Brad's argument. In, in the trailer for Infinity War, there's a huge battle on in Wakanda. Yeah, the whole what looks to be the whole final scene, of like final action scene of, of Infinity War is all in Wakanda or near. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Uh, Wait, which the, Infinity Stone? I don't know. Brad, Brad, they're all Brad, 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 explain your theory. Because I love it. Uh, the I think we've seen all the stones yep. in some f- Marvel movie or another, except for the Soul Stone. Right. Um, and it's, I think it's embedded in the uh, vibranium meteor that hit the Earth. And that's why Thanos is going to Earth is to collect that one. And he's probably going to have to rip into the Earth's core to get it. Well, there's a couple of them on Earth. Well, yeah, the Vision's there. Vision's there. So that's one. And the, the green one. Brad, the one from Argamato. Doctor Strange. And Doctor Strange, yeah. Yeah, Brad's great argument is that, like, if that's the Stol- Soul Stone, it explains... A, it's a, it's an infinity stone, so it explains the like superpowers and that kind of stuff. It also explains why, like, if you eat that stuff, it takes you to the like, you know, this plane of the ancestors because it's the soul stone. Like, all of it makes a lot of sense. I think it's good. There's just five, but okay. No, there's six because there's one. In, there's one in the back of his hand. <laughs> um, um, yeah. So there's like one, at, one every knuckle, and then one on the back. Also. Maybe I'm dumb, but at the end of true, I oh, know I'm dumb. But <laughs> at the end of Civil War, like the show that scene where Bucky gets put on uh, put on mm-hmm. ice, and then we get the post credit scene at the end of Black Panther, which spoilers, guys, 
Bucky's alive and uh, being, I guess at this point he's, they've gotten the demons out of his head. Well, yeah, they're trying to rehabilitate him. Yeah, yeah. That, that so was a he weird one. defrosted. Just because it was already referenced. Mm-hmm. Like, I was thinking when we saw him again, I thought we were going to see him get an arm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was wondering f- where Steve was the whole time. Yeah, that, that was, well, was going to be my question. Too? Like, if, no. if not, where is Steve, then where was the facility in relation to the rest of Wakanda at the end of Civil War. I guess it doesn't well, really yeah, matter. probably hadn't the, figured that concept S- out. Steve, I Steve it was on the border somewhere. Steve mm. is the nomad right now. He is out, like, you know, maybe he has already gotten everybody off of the raft, and they are all sort of in hiding. Um, but, yeah, okay. yeah, he, I, yeah, I don't think he would be necessarily in Wakanda. Awesome. Well, so one of the um, Rotten Tomato critics said something about how this movie is almost more fun to think about than it is to watch. And I was like, um, what? And then I started thinking about the movie. I'm like, I kind of agree with that a little <laughs> bit. Because it is kind of fun to think about this movie. How yeah. um, I was thinking about how it takes, you know, his cousin, uh, Michael B. Jordan's character, Killmonger, mm-hmm. to bring... Black Panther T'Challa to realize that he has to help his metaphorical family because his his father deprived uh, T'Challa's cousin of being a Wakandan citizen and benefiting from that technology and those resources. And so he sees what has happened to his cousin because he was deprived of that, that he didn't he was not able to benefit from that. And then so he he sees what's happened and he's like, I have to help because I was not able to help my literal family. I have to help my metaphorical family benefit mm-hmm. from these resources. And I mm-hmm. thought that it was very fitting that at the end, there's the scene where they set up the, uh, the outreach center at that same place where his father made the choice to deprive his literal family of Wakandan resources. And that's where he, T'Challa, makes the decision to provide and to share those resources with the, the metaphorical yeah. family. Yeah. Yep. Well, that's why cool. it should be nominated for best picture, guys. Fuck yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. We can I'd we be can down. we can knock out um, uh, "Call Me by Your Name" or something like that and just put it in for the new Oscars right now. <laughs> <laughs> and T'Challa is just amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So good. Every character had their little mini arc, and I love that scene where they were fighting and Okoye is talking to her guy. And he's like, are you really going to kill me? And she's like, for Wakanda, mm-hmm. I would totally kill you. Yeah. And he looks around. He sees all the, the devastation. It's, and I thought about that, too. I'm like, they're all Wakandans. Like, they're all, mm-hmm. you know, kin or something. That's why, yeah. I, that's why I love Daniel Kaluuya, because he's playing it cool. He's playing oh, yes. it solid, man. It's almost yeah. as he's a great that's actor. It's almost as he was nominated for best actor. Get out. He's not a great actor. <laughs> <laughs> but that scene was really great, because yeah. it's like he realized that we're fighting ourselves. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is, you know, this is not necessary. We're going to suffer more than we are going to benefit. Yeah. And he might lose a war rhino. Yeah. What if somebody kills one of those war rhinos? I totally want a war rhino for my birthday. I'm like over here trying to be all deep, and you're worried about the war rhinos, James. <laughs> Get on my level. To, to be mm. fair, they are war rhinos. <laughs> no, they look awesome. so fake, though. Yeah. They did. I kind of wanted them to be real. It was the second worst CGI in the movie, right behind that uh, time when Claw doesn't have his arm, and it looks terrible. I couldn't look at anything else. I don't know why. Because you um, should be looking at Andy Serkis' expressive face. I, I couldn't. I was distracted by how bad that CG is. Rafe made a really good argument, though. He was like, yeah, they probably ran out of budget because they spent the rest of it on 
Black Panther's costume the entire rest of the film. I was going to uh, say, like, which is fair. I, I, I maintain what I said last night. Are you going to argue with the master of CGI acting on whether or not the arm looks real? Yes, he didn't make it. It's just um, bad. So now I'm going to open up this envelope oh, no. that that Corinne has. Oh Give man! Oh, thank you. Did you uh, did you assume wrong? I, assu- I <laughs> yep. There's some sort of white powder in here. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's oh, I did like cocaine? how his sister was his cue. So in like, it, it in says, oh, yeah. uh, Corinne's predictions for Real Nerds podcasts, uh, Real Nerds reactions to Black Panther." James will complain that the end credits song fell into the Star Trek Beyond trap. Oh, didn't even think about it. Was ha- actually actually thought all the music was amazing. Yes. I I, I think I'm glad you bring this up. Awesome. Think the soundtrack is amazing. Think this puts to bed any dumb dumb on the internet who thinks that Marvel makes bad scores, um, which honestly is a stupid argument anyway. Um, and thought that the Kendrick Lamar stuff was cool. Yeah. As you know, this one Zach will say he really loved the scene where Killmonger talked to his dad in the afterlife. <laughs> Brad will say he well. loved the aesthetic style and cinematography of the movie. Uh, that Dutch Miss angle that is dope one. as hell, dude. That Dutch angle. Uh, actually, I thought <laughs> I can't say it. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that thing. Yeah. yeah, there's a thing about this movie we can't say on the air, but there's one thing about it. Uh, Ryan will say that it was thought as great, but still likes Thor Ragnarok better. I should have said Spider-Man: Man. Homecoming. Yeah, uh, you, you'll, you'll never overtake Spider-Man. That's always like my thing. Fair. And then, yes, you did not shut up about T'Challa. Do you have a crush on Chadwick Boseman? Because I do. I had <laughs> I it after a, like forty-two. I'm like, oh man, it'd be it'd be pretty fair. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go watch Marshall and I'd be like, yeah, you defend the law. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, next week we're seeing Annihilation. Oh, sorry. I'm... Oh fuck. What? <laughs> Damn it. You know what? Fuck me for trying to contribute to the show, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what we're saying. Because we have another trolley Wait, are we yeah. reading a one-star review here? Yeah, yeah I figure I'd... Oh, right. If I'm going to listen to another oh, one, I've got to need more candy cigarettes. Yeah, just make sure it's All not right, one that's, that's terrible, racist. We'll just so skip it. No, 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 you can read one. Just make sure it's not racist. <laughs> I can't just, take uh, it. There's sure we'll be here all night. That's <laughs> There's nine rotten reviews on Rotten Tomatoes for Black Panther. Okay, read well, Armin White. The one that was like there weren't enough action scenes, but other than that, nine it was great. Well, I, haven't, I haven't read them all yet, but um, like there's one from Armin White, which obviously is going to be negative. Yep. Uh, so I think maybe we'll skip that one. Although it's probably the best written one. True. Um, oh, is that the guy who just makes everything negative? Everybody yeah. else likes it. Yeah. Yep. Sorry, it's trying to load again. I had the end credit song stuck in my head. It's awesome. That was another mm-hmm. thing. Like I don't remember it, so it must not have been that great. I, I miss I movies where an artist would make a make an album for the movie that like coincided with everything. I did like how there, it blended like all the different like kind of hip hop, rap kind of sounding music, but then you had like the kind of tribal, like native mm-hmm. African sounds. It was just there's like eclectic. a eclectic. There's like a Wonder Woman style flourish uh, that they have. It's like this whirring sound to a lot of the scenes. That I thought was really cool. Hmm. Yeah. I had no idea. Well, I knew Kendrick Lamar was an artist, but I'd never heard his stuff. And now, like, I'm, I want that album. You know. So, FYI, do not confuse Black Panther the album with Black Panther soundtrack. They are very different things. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen a movie do that in a no, while. Either of them. They're both good. Or are they? They're, I don't know. Make your own opinion. The, the their presence is not completely absent from this film, though. Uh, being as you know, the original Killmonger came from Harlem, and he moved it to Oakland because mm-hmm. Oakland is where the actual Black Panthers came from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Isn't that where um, Ryan Coogler's from? Yes. Yes. But yes. Mm-hmm. But he's also 
representing the political arguments of the Black Panthers. So they moved him to Oakland. I liked how he did it in a way, by the way, that didn't like demean like there are like we've talked about it a couple months ago, but there are like it's interesting when you watch the history of the Black Panthers, like how it's not all the negativity. Like there are there's a lot of negativity, but there's also some positive things in this light, which they actually showed a little bit in the pre-show. Also, I love that comic book. (laughs) Yeah, I I got the comic book today where Black Panther is punching the KKK. How much did it cost? Ten bucks. Damn. I think it's well spent. Oh. I haven't read it, but the cover alone, I should get a print of that and just hang it in my house. Yes. <laughs> Brad, what do you got for us? Uh, let's go with this one. What's the problem? Well, there's <laughs> <laughs> already great. <laughs> there's way too much expository dialogue, and there are too many turgid flashbacks. The hand-to-hand turgid. fighting. The there's hand-to- like one. He read a dictionary, guys. <laughs> no, there's there are flashbacks, and none of them are turgid. <laughs> The hand-to-hand fighting and battle sequences are now so formulaic and predictable in Marvel films that the adrenaline just doesn't kick in. Two out of five. Actually, that reminds me. I did have a thought where I was like, wait, they're supposed to be, like the Dory Malaysia, the female bodyguards, are supposed to be these kick-ass warriors, and three or four of them can't take down Killmonger. And, like, they're all getting their asses handed to. Well, remember, he has a superhuman strength. Yeah, he's got the Black Panther stuff. Andy, Andy's in a suit that's impenetrable. Okay, but then all the other ones are getting killed off by the rhino dudes. Yeah. They're supposed to be the best. <laughs> they were the best. They, Except they... for rhinos and superheroes. <laughs> uh, Supervillains. Well, yeah, you're right. <laughs> What's the whole point of them? I mean, if the Black Panther is super strong, why does he, he need bodyguards? Because he's not, he's not the most strong. Yeah, he he's is. just stronger. He's not as strong as the entire nation. He's not. Okay, he's, well, they're not as strong as he is, apparently. True. That, I remember so his suit can him. absorb. So every time they hit him, he just was get more kinetic energy. That was a cool it's, addition. Yeah. Ooh, so that wasn't a new, the, an original thing from the comics? No. no. That was like really cool. I was like, ooh, nifty. So are we to assume that he does not have superpowers, superhero strength in Civil War? No, he does. No, he, he just does. doesn't have... He has a different suit. Yeah, I right? remember... Because his sister well, makes him a new one in this movie. Well, oh, because he does have it at the beginning and then they take yeah, it away. take it away when he so does they the clearly, challenge. they clearly had already given right, it to him. Right, because remember in Civil War, he physically has to take off his helmet. Oh, yeah. No, no, I understood that. One, I more meant, I more meant the, the, the blue liquid in and out of his body. Um, yeah, the first... Yeah, I didn't know gets, how... He gets it taken strip, out. Yeah. yeah. How did he get his powers in the first place? They don't address that. Was it like inherent, like something he inherited from his father? Yeah, I don't know. There must be some like I'm a teenager ritual where they give you some. Yeah, or if he's like next in line because his yeah. dad was old, so maybe they give him it because he's going to basically a bodyguard. Or because he definitely training. had yeah. superpowers or super strength yeah, yeah, yeah. in Civil War. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or, or you know what? In Civil War, it doesn't go straight from his dad's death straight to him fighting somebody. There's enough of a. There's at least. As much time as it takes um, for you know, you uh, drink something for for Iron Man to go all the way to Queens and, no. and recruit a kid, so he could clearly go to Wakanda, get it because he, now he's well. The, no, he's remember the right king. after it explodes, he chases down Bucky. Mm-hmm. Remember he's on the out sitting no. on the outside because well, they don't know it's Bucky until oh that's right yeah right. there is they time they passed. they sit outside they sit on the bench that he has to talk with Scarlet Witch and he she puts on that with, ring uh, and he's just like I, I with think I'll Black take care of myself and this is one of yeah and then he just gets up and walks away like I'm a badass and then he flies You're Wakanda like, you are a badass they <laughs> they they pour blue liquid down his throat. And then he comes back and he's like, I got motherfucking suits. Which, by the way, we're not advocating you pour blue liquid down your throat. So I am. It's probably Drano. 
Is Drano blue? Pepsi, Pepsi blue. No, no, I'm thinking Windex. Sorry, Windex, okay. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I didn't know. I've used it you forever. You should put it on your acne, though. The Italian Pretty job. Good. Brought to you by Pepsi Big Blue. <laughs> put some Windex on. Anyway, no, next week we're seeing Annihilation. Movie. Yeah. Great movie. Uh, wait, is that really Spartan. next week? Yeah. Oh, shit. I've got tickets for Wednesday. We're, yeah, we're do we doing the advanced screening. Well, I'm doing the advanced screening. I think there's still tickets available, so I'll buy mine. Cool. And then I'll be like, I'm sitting over here. I'll be like, I'm sitting over here. Great. Ryan, please end the show. <laughs> yeah, that was painful, Zach. <laughs> Remember, podcasting is an audio listening, auditory medium. So when you do visual stuff, it doesn't translate. That's true. I mean, you've only been doing this for how long have we known you now? How long is Burt Wonderstone? Five years? Five years on and off. Yep. Yeah. So remember, I think you've got us through the years. Six more shows to your 100th. Six so more like shows. Wow. Yeah, that's right. Which one is it going to be? Um, oh, I looked it up. Damn it. Not Ready Player One. If you, uh, we can talk about this on <laughs> <laughs> That is if I ever turn his mic on again. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for being a great contributor to Real Nerds Podcast. Fuck you. Uh, <laughs> well, then, fine, then. <laughs> I was going to say, I can't wait to read your pot-smoking priest script, but <laughs> I ain't reading that now. I'm going to wipe my ass with it when you send it to me digitally. I'm glad I bought your month's print supply of toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to print your script out just so I can wipe my ass with it. <laughs> That's not fair to the trees, I've got to say. <laughs> Bye. 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 <laughs> Thanks, Grin. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of Real Nerds Podcast. Real Nerds Podcast is a production of Nebulous Visions Multimedia. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios for our kick-ass theme song. Also, if you're in the Denver area and you're looking for a cool place to see movies, we see them at the Alamo Draft House in Littleton and now also in Sloan's Lake. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics for supplying us with all our comic needs, especially you, Andrew. You know who you are. And a big shout out to James's mom. I'm giving you an electronic hug that you can feel through the airwaves. Thanks for listening and have a nice day.